I'm comedian, writer, and filmmaker Chuck Staten from the punk band Senior Discount. And I'm writer and comedian Brad Rohr from the Providence Improv Guild. And this is the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 455 of the Chuck and Brad podcast. I'm Chuck. I'm Brad. How you doing, Brad? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing okay. I, uh, my dust allergy is acting up. I'm sorry to hear that, <laughs> but uh, you know what will counteract that is our guests today. Yes. We are joined by the gentleman from the podcast, What Did We Miss? Yes. Mr. Tony Pacitti. Yes. Say hello, Tony. Hello, Tony. And Ooh. Mr. Matt Ferrara. Say hello, Matt. Hello, Matt. Uh, Literalist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> timeless bit. Yes. <laughs> but I'm How are you guys doing? Doing all right. It's good to have you guys on. We've been talking about having you guys on for like a year. Right? Yeah. When, yeah. When did when did we come on your podcast without Matt? Because it was like a um, bonus episode. I remember that it was it was whenever um, uh, Pride happens in Providence because so I was really impressed. Spider Man. It was around Spider Man. It was yeah. around Spider Man. But yeah. I remember that. Like pride activities were happening right outside the studio where we yeah. recorded. Yeah. And we picked up none of it on the mics. So yes, that's a that's testament good. to the soundproofing at the What's Your Writers Club. Yeah, that's right. The What's um, Your Writers Club. So in yeah, Providence. I think June. Yeah. June, um, probably. Yeah. yeah. We talked about the uh, never released uh, Fantastic, <gasps> Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, Roger movie. Corman. That was a fun time. That it was, was a good that was a good conversation. Yeah, we went on uh yeah, June two thousand nineteen promoting our Spider Man. Shows in what? Rhode Island and Connecticut, I think. Yes, that's um, right. Yeah, and uh, that was a great time. It was really fun. And we've been talking probably since even before then about having you guys on our podcast just to kind of, you know, come on and talk about things and, and, and talk about your podcast, honestly, which we're going to get to. That's By the way, that's the other topic we were, we were discussing beforehand. What are the topics? We're supposed to, I'm like, there's one more. I'm like, oh, the oh, podcast yeah, the you're here to promote. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's really what it was. That was what it was. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> as our numbers show, we're not good at branding. <laughs> Oh, by the by the way, uh, you know we'll get into this, but I am a big fan of the podcast and of the concept of the podcast. Yes, well, because thank you very much. I think that you know we've we've been doing a podcast once a year where what we do is we take a famous horror movie series and we watch the entire series and kind of regurgitate it. Uh, condensed into one episode so that someone can get the complete picture. We did the Leprechaun series, guys. <laughs> oh. How many are there? Six. Six. Ooh. Well, there's six. And then there's a new one that we haven't there's, seen yet. There, but they came out after we recorded. At least two in space, right? Or isn't there a no, no, there's, there's, one in there's space. two in the hood. Oh, no. Oh, okay. It goes back to the hood with yes. the number two. Yeah. Um, and so, right, I, you know. Is it the same hood? Did they at least leprechaun proof it? No, it's no. you know it's not the same. Different hood. It's a different hood. Yeah. Why would they say back to the hood? It be, should be a hood. I, I think uh, it's, is it it's, THA. I'm, it I'm is. wondering if it uh, is, so. maybe it's because it's just a little bit, but not quite racist. Uh, no, I think it's because it is just racist. Oh, 100 yeah. racist. Yeah. Uh, is there any redeeming that. value in those movies? Uh, yeah. Well, Jennifer Aniston is the star of the first one, okay. and that was her first starring role. Um, and I will say that they kind of mark a point in time in horror history where it started to be like you know what things are bad things can be bad and fun and so the first one i think is like it's done with tongue-in-cheek you know humor a little bit kind of like child's play after child's play three where they had like you know the girlfriend and the baby and whatever yeah but those are good those are those are fun that's that's the difference is is you know is fun good is a question no i think those are actually smart (laughs) i think that uh some of it is but the, the newest child play is, is terrible. The oh, cult. No, no, no. no I know. No. I'm just glad no, no, you're no. not asking me to weigh in on the is fun good question. No. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. I think the newest ones 
actually, because uh, Don Mancini yes. wrote and directed those, he kind of has a real familiarity with the horror genre. So right. you see a lot of those elements in those right. movies. And he yeah. he kind of crafts things mm-hmm. more than uh, even some of the the earlier installments. Yeah. So my favorite's probably either two or Bride of Chucky. Yeah. Two is formally is just absolutely gorgeous. I think, and, and it ends in a in a toy factory. Yeah. So much fun. I know. Bride of Chucky is super self aware and a lot of fun. And Seed Seed of Chucky maybe a little too much. But yeah. the, the last two ones I think are are bonkers in fun ways. I think I think that uh, it's it's interesting because I think that basically one two and Bride are probably the best of the bunch in in general. Um. But yeah, it's it's so I was gonna say like we we do this kind of similar thing that you guys do, um, except we do it with horror series specifically because then it's always funny, even if the movies are pretty good. Like Halloween has some good movies, putting the entire story together really makes it fall apart. Um, but you guys kind of do it a little bit more legitimately because you guys will actually take something and learn about it and kind of you know. I guess take the entirety of it and talk about it from your own point of view of people who have not experienced it before, but not with the intent to laugh at how much <laughs> Michael Myers has changed over the years. <laughs> yeah, sure. Not always. Um, but we, somewhat, I guess maybe yeah, a little bit. We, right. I mean, we did recently subject ourselves to cats in anticipation of the movie. And, um, uh, that was not a pleasant experience. Yeah, cats is real bad. Yeah. Not that you need anyone to confirm your suspicion there, but it's, um, I did hear that. It's quite, it's quite bad. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, in the process, I, I read interviews with some of the original cast members of the yeah. Broadway production, and they were like, yeah, it's a lot of fun to perform. Yeah, And you can tell yeah. in the interview that they're even just like, yeah, this thing is dumb, but, you know. I, I feel like uh, there's just some projects that are more tailored to whatever, you know, the original was. And I mean, with the Broadway production, that's the that's the thing, and I think it's... But that's that what was, we watched. Yeah, we watched... We, watched we didn't like watch a, the movie. Oh, you we didn't watch the movie? The original yeah, in the late Broadway. 90s. Yeah. In the late yeah. 90s, they made... Uh, uh, but is a straight to video mm-hmm. version of a it, filmed stage production? It, oh, yeah, is, okay. Isn't isn't Cats the, the musical though? Like well respected? No, and no love it? it's just why it's just made a lot popular. of money. Why is it so popular then? I don't know because <laughs> kids love <laughs> you both uh, each other, like, horny we've, anthropomorphic we've already, animals. I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do. Chuck out. used yeah. to draw naked mice girls all the time. That's Wait, true. Really? I did. Yeah, naked mice girls. Yes, that's true. Well, I mean, I don't know if I want to get into this, but basically, when I was a child, I used to draw myself and my friends as uh, anthropomorphic, you know, like mice. Basically, because I liked the Ninja Turtles. You know what I mean? And on the Ninja Turtles, if you recall, uh, it was half. There is that sexy mouse girl. <laughs> <laughs> it was half. Uh, we're making a cartoon and half we're making a new toy to sell next week. Mm-hmm. And so there'd be like the giraffe with the basketball hoop around its neck and the half badger and the this. And so the whole thing was people combined with an animal. And so when I was a kid, I used to draw myself and my friends as anthropomorphic animals. And I was a mouse. And then in 1994, when I was 10, a uh, Marvel versus DC happened, uh, which is a comic storyline. And for one month after they did this storyline... Marvel and DC didn't exist. They didn't release any books. And they released one series of books as one company called Amalgam, where all their characters became put into one character. So Batman and Wolverine didn't exist. There was one character that was both of them together called Dark Claw. It wasn't Batverine? It wasn't Batverine, which I... Wolverman. (laughs) Yeah, that was my... uh, Wolverman. (laughs) And so... One of them was Lobo the Duck, which was Howard the Duck and Lobo from DC. Clever. Yes. And uh, actually, I, I would read the shit out of that. <laughs> it was, I, first of all, I love him. I, it was still one of my favorite storylines. And um, the hyena is Joker and Sabretooth together. That's pretty good. 
That's a pretty good one. But anyway, so Lobo the Duck actually had a lot of sexual elements to it where he was banging all these girls all over space, I guess. Because I guess Lobo was <laughs> As like... As one does. Lobo's like a space guy and Howard the Duck is just a, a duck. And uh, I copied a lot of the drawings with myself as the mouse, you know, in place of Lobo the Duck. And the girls were also... Well, the girls were the girls weren't mice. Oh, okay. I didn't know. The that. girls were girls. Right. Like I was you were just normal naked girls that he was drawing <laughs> yeah. at yes. ten years old. I Wait, did, I did. I had Did, did Brad lie to us? Yeah. Inadvertently. Mm-hmm. This interview's over. Yeah. Um wait, he, wait, 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 wait. Uh-huh. Were you drawing yourself yes. as a mouse yes. with <laughs> naked girls? Very busty girls, yeah. I don't know if that were they naked? They were basically you said naked. Yeah. They were basically like naked, but like, you know, they were comics uh, naked. They were comics naked, like things would cover them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like a would, well-placed fern. Like uh, like Austin Powers. In the beginning of Austin Powers, yeah. he's naked and things cover yeah. his genitals. And so okay. it was like that. So pretty naked, but yeah. not like yeah. explicitly They'd naked. They'd be obscured mm-hmm. by a TV playing Austin Powers where right. yeah. things are obscuring <laughs> his genitals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was all Austin Powers references. But we're going to get into your podcast and kind of how you guys started and everything in a second. Uh, let's start with some plugs. Brad, what do you got going on? Every Friday night, I'm at the Providence Improv Guild mm. in beautiful Providence, Rhode Island at 393 Broad Street. Showtime is 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Tickets are five bucks and you can get more information at improvpig.com. That's right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know if I've had new articles come out in the past couple of weeks. That's what I kind of plug right now during the winter because the, the live shows are, are, uh, less plentiful. Um, and I really, I should have written them down, but I just didn't write them down. So that's, that's it. It happens. Yes, it does. And I will say RI food fights, uh, RI veg fest this, this, uh, week, this weekend, this Sunday, Previously reported that we would be hosting. Those hosting duties were taken away from us earlier today. Ah. And so we will not be there. Uh, I, I would say just go, but um, it's already sold out. Yeah, it's, so it's it doesn't really matter if I say that. It's like 75 vendors. Uh, yeah, that's what they, that's what, that's what, impressive that's thing. what Jim said. Because last time he was like, we hosted the RA Food Fights cookie, cookie. Smackdown. Cookie Smackdown. Yep. And he was like, you guys are going to host the Veg Fest too. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And then today he's like, hey, he's like, we just have way too much going on. We have like 75 vendors and 1,200 people are coming. And you're not going to be able to walk around the same way and host it. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Are, are you sh- so wait, are you sure that you're hosting the Veg Fest? Wasn't, uh, was that not taken away from you because of your radical uh, anti-Swiss chart agenda? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I, I wish he, I, he, you know what, Chuck, he's okay with the shard part. It's the Swiss he doesn't like. <laughs> Interesting. He doesn't no. like watches. He doesn't no, like shards. If, if you're like, hey, what's your favorite kind of cheese, Chuck? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not going to say it. Yeah. It's, it's I know private. what it's not. <laughs> um, Guess what kind of army knife you won't catch Chuck <laughs> Kennedy. <laughs> no, but uh, I am bummed that we're not going to host it, though. I am too. I am bummed. I was, I, was uh, like, I was looking forward to it because it would be such a new thing Yeah, uh, for me personally. I feel left out. I feel left yeah. out of a lot of stuff recently. Yeah, a lot of it. things going on behind the scenes that I can't talk about on the podcast. Yep. Um, you could tell us off mic. I'll tell you off mic. Oh, I'll tell you guys. I just, if I say it in person in the podcast, it's going to get back to people that I'm going to get in trouble with, I think. But, uh, yeah, I'm bummed that we're not host, uh, hosting it, but you know, I'm sure we'll host the uh, cupcake event again yeah. this year coming up in, uh, March or April or something. Yep. Um, but yeah, so right now, you know, uh, I have articles on motif, uh, motifri.com, the baymagazine.com, providenceonline.com. Um, and uh, I don't know if there's new ones, but but there might be. And uh, for for you dudes outside of the What Did We Miss podcast, do you have anything going on that you want to plug up front? Yes. Ooh, uh, similar to Brad, I also do improv. Yes, uh, I, I perform at Wage House in Pawtucket. Uh, if you go to wagehouse.com, 
Uh, you can see upcoming shows. I got a show there on March 6th, and um, I'll be in the State Champs show on March uh, 13th. I'm hosting that show. You're hosting that show. Yes. Great. Uh, and then I'll be there again uh, the last Friday of March. Um, nice. At that point, uh, it's gotten too hard for me to just keep adding yeah. seven to things, so that's I fine. can't figure I out the dates. But, uh, <laughs> I hear that. Yeah, that's really it. That's it for me. All right. Matt, anything going on? Nope. All right. Well, where can we find the What Do We Miss podcast? Uh, yeah, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, mm. Spotify, Google mm-hmm. Play. I'm sure it's somewhere else, maybe. Um, yeah. But uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at What Did We Miss. Nice. There you go. So, yeah, let's start with this. Let's talk, let's talk about this. Uh, so, when did you guys start this podcast? Uh, it was just about a year ago, yep. actually. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah okay. we recorded our first handful of episodes last January and February. We uh, kind of got a nice little... Uh, nest egg up before we went live with it just nice. in case we very helpful yeah, got yeah, lazy. Yeah. um yeah so we launched it in march so we're coming up on our one year since debuting an episode but yeah but we've been recording for about a year now um, that's great yeah the idea kind of came up just from conversations we would have in general uh, yeah the the uh premise of the podcast is we take a look at pop culture whether it's film tv movies film and movies are the same thing you idiot Film, TV, books, music. That was the other M word I was looking for. Well, actually, Tony, film is serious and movies are <laughs> yes. not. So they could be Cinema verite. I didn't say flicks, okay? Yeah. Get off my dick about it. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, so stuff that we're aware of, uh, stuff we maybe have read about or, um, you know, have sort of been on the periphery of our wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, and, and the show is our... Uh, excuse to finally get around to taking in these things we feel like we probably should have uh, a lot sooner. Right, that's great. I love I love that idea. Like I said, you know, we've done the we've done that kind of with uh, horror movies. But honestly, my whole thing in general that I try to impart on the podcast is that uh, just because something isn't your thing doesn't mean that the quality is different. And I think a lot of people have a problem with realizing that. They'll be like, I grew up with Power Rangers. It's the best TV show. And I'm like, is it the best TV show? Or did you just watch Power Rangers? Or have and you s- just never seen Voltron? Yeah, exactly. So The original uh, oh, yeah, Voltron. The, the, the difference between <laughs> the best movie and my favorite movie. Yeah. Two completely different conversations. Very correct. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one of the things that, uh, that we kind of believe in on this podcast is that like... Um, you know, we did an episode called The Philosophy of Liking Everything. And it's basically the idea of finding a place for everything and finding what's good about it and finding who it appeals to. So like, I know you guys did an episode about fish. Now, maybe you're not going to walk away and listen to fish for the rest of your lives. I don't know. I don't want to speak for you. But um, it's cool to purposely accept like, and say, like, like, let's accept and understand the people that do do this or the people that have these predilections or why or find out why. Find out why they do. I think it's... It's more about like, we're talking about experience. And I think right. that's all critics are doing too. Professional critics are basically saying, this is the experience I had with this. Right, right. And they're connecting that through the history of whatever medium, medium they're discussing. Right. So for us, a lot of times it's, well, what was our experience with this? And if you're approaching it from the perspective of, this is something that is either wildly successful or has a cult following. Right. Um, so... Where's the value there? Right. And so hopefully we're looking for that value. Right. That doesn't mean we can't be critical. And, sure, and sure, Because sure. I do think that being critical of things helps you to understand them better and to help you to appreciate things, the things that you love or things that don't work for you. Maybe there's some element in there that you do like. You right. Know? I agree with that. So our first episode was on 
THX 1138, which was George Lucas's first movie. Mm -hmm. And for us, uh, you know, two people who grew up obsessed with Star Wars to not have ever seen George Lucas's first movie, we were like, oh, okay, this is a great place for us to start. Sure. And talk about maybe why we hadn't discovered that for ourselves. Right. Yeah. Despite knowing probably more about it than we should have any had any right to know about it. Right. The fish one is a great example because that's something we actively avoided because of preconceived notions. We mm-hmm. knew obnoxious fish fans in high school right. who were just, right. you know, uh, maybe the fish part wasn't what was off-putting about them. Maybe it was something about <laughs> them as people. It was the but smell. We, it was we, the smell that was we, off-putting. <laughs> we conflated the two, um, and that shaped our perception of the music and the band, the culture mm-hmm. around it, the people who liked it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean... We didn't necessarily, we weren't made converts. <clears throat> right. But when Fish came through Providence a few months after we recorded that, we jumped at the chance to be like, okay, well, this is the other piece of the puzzle. Right. Yeah. People are saying, oh, if you don't see him live, you don't get it, man. Right, right, right. Still like not that. sold. But we tried. <laughs> right. I, I enjoyed it probably a little more than you. And yeah. I think I said on the episode too, like, I was like, oh, I was surprised that there were things in here that I like. Yeah, sure. That I didn't realize that they were. There are elements of prog rock in a lot of what they do, and sure. there's a little more grit and experimentation than I was anticipating. Right. And so I was like, "Oh, I, I like these elements." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like these elements. Right. Um, but we were also we had a guest on that episode, uh, a friend of mine, and he's a big fish um, fan, mm-hmm. and but he's not precious about it. He's very critical of it. Yeah. Um. So it was cool seeing things through his perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was also part of what made the whole experience kind of palatable for us. Yes. And then going forward, I was also told my friends like, oh, I wouldn't mind going again with you. Because right. I think that would also be an interesting experience. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. On a side note, he he texted me today. He's like, oh, Trey is playing at, like I think like the Columbus or or, or PPAC or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. And he's like, oh, I'm going to try and get tickets. And it's just like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> I don't still, know if I'm ready for solo. Do they yeah. still do balloons full of nitrous at like a fish show? Oh, yes. Okay. That's, we left. What do you mean they? Who's they? The fans. Of, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we, yeah uh, we people left who are attending. So they were at the Dunkin' Donuts not, Center. Not, not and fish we, the band. We left and there were. I don't know if they passed them out. Yeah. Literally an entire city block's length of people with like beach ball sized balloons. Yep. Just sucking in nitrous. And there are these two. They couldn't have been like more than 18 years old. These two kids with a tank and balloons in an alley, just like filling them up and handing them. Wow. It was wow. like a cartoon. You just saw a hand come out with a big bright balloon. Wow. And some some fish nerd just grabbed it. Wow. Three at a time sometimes. Wow. See, that seems crazy. That seems weird to me because I've, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I've never done nitrous. Right. Um, I had, I had, I'd gone from never seeing someone do nitrous to seeing everybody in the city, apparently doing nitrous at once. But what I, but what I, from I know what it is, it's like, but from what I know about it, it's basically like you're high for 10 seconds, right? Isn't yeah. it just like the initial, like, that's it? So it's weird so. to do that before the show and then go to a sheet, like a jam band show. You'd think you'd want to do something that lasts longer. We saw this after the show. Right. Ah, yeah. celebratory. I guess. I guess. So. I guess. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I had, uh, when I was in high school, a lot of my friends were deadheads. And so I learned about, you know, jam band culture oh, yeah. via them and realized it was not for me. Again, no problem with the music, which, you know, like Sunday nights when we're, when we're closing up uh, the, the pizza restaurant where I worked and we'd listen to whatever 
local station pl- would play a dead show and we'd listen to it from like nine until when we left. And so I'm like, oh, this music's fine, but the culture is not for me. Sure. Interesting. That's fun. Well, that's cool. So, so you guys kind of jumped in with THX. That's fun. I've, I've never watched that either, to be honest. Yeah, it's, good. it's weird. It's, yeah, I bet it's good. I bet it's really uh, good. American Graffiti, I liked that. I yeah. didn't watch American yeah. Graffiti either. I oh, never wow. watched that. Yeah. I was, THX is surprisingly adult. Yeah. Like, I can't believe he made a grown-up movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I like that. Yeah. I mean, there's a scene where Robert Duvall gets jacked off by a machine. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, there's yeah. no subtext. It is explosively a masturbating machine. <laughs> let me let me tell you what kind of pictures Chuck drew when he was in high school. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that mouse. Never mind. I'm not yeah, gonna poor little mouse. <laughs> <laughs> poor have, you, little mouse. <laughs> have you guys? Have you guys done? Your friends in a wheel. That's how the machine goes. <laughs> have you guys done an episode on uh, the insane clown posse? No. Oh, it's a hard to. It's hard uh, to get over the hump. It's a. Ooh, that one might be. There's an amazing documentary uh, that came out probably in the the mid 2000s. <clears throat> Uh, about kind of the the culture around it, the the idea, and, and it, is it called family? I think it's called G- family or gathering of the juggalos or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. And it, and it kind of talks about this subculture that yeah. I knew nothing about, and yeah. it, it is a fascinating documentary. I don't know if it if it translates to the music, but in terms of like, oh, I want to know kind of the culture surrounding this music. It is it is a wide open window. Yeah, I I think for something like that. Like fish, we would need a guide into it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if someone approached us and was just like, "Hey, yeah. like, I'm a big insane clown posse fan. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm thoughtful in my consideration of the band and the culture, and yeah. I'd like to introduce it to you, or blah 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 blah." Then I'd be like, "All right, that's interesting to yeah, me. Sure. That's a unicorn juggalo, Matt. I don't think we're gonna find him. <laughs> you never know. I like that. You never know. Yeah, I think, um, you know, while I may not have been a convert to fish. Uh, mm-hmm. I did enjoy the music for the most part. Yeah. Sure. I don't know if I'm going to like ICP from what little I am familiar with. Oh, right. uh, yeah. There's a couple ICP songs I like. There's an All album right. called The, the Jekyll Brothers. with the magnets? That was really popular for a while. It was. You know which one we're talking yes, about. Yes, yes. But I think that popularity was deeply soaked in irony. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny. They're, you know, when ICP started, they basically said something like, we're going to do six albums and it's going to make up this like you know, psychopathic circus or whatever it is. And uh, each album that they first released was like one of the acts in the circus. And they were like, the sixth one's going to be the final one. So they released like Riddle Box and the Jekyll Brothers. And all wait, these- wait, 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 wait. You've listened to all this. I've listened to some of it. I, I honestly, I, I can't, I can't lay claim to really having listened He's to. He's a fan, isn't he? No, no, I, no. no yeah. I, I can't He's... even say that I've listened to a whole album. <laughs> I can't even, I couldn't even tell the truth. However, I find this story behind the albums to be pretty fascinating. What do they call their? Didn't they have a Juggalos. name for their music? No, is it horrorcore? Like horrorcore. Horror yeah. Yes, yeah. So, so, but the Jekyll Brothers album does have a couple of good songs on it, and as I'm sure you guys know, maybe you don't. Like they have had a lot of legitimate features over the years. So a lot of people in hip hop have done songs with ICP, like Snoop Dogg and different people like that. So I've heard a bunch of those songs. And I will say there's a couple good uh, songs on Jekyll Brothers. I like those. I like those, like probably three songs. You played them for me. They're pretty good. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> what? <laughs> so <laughs> diplomatic. <laughs> oh, God, that's how he lives He's his like life. He's like the, uh, what's that country? That never gets involved. <laughs> Switzerland. Switzerland. Uh, Switzerland. Uh, I think it's one that's uh, Trump doesn't uh, want. Yes. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, the, the ICP is would be your stunt episode. That would be one that's a little bit less like you guys are going to discover something you're hoping to find artful thought in, right? That would I mean, be I more think that's like what a, the Cats episode was. Yeah. yeah, I hear that. That, that makes sense. Once a, you, once a year. Well, you got to you got to do yeah, there you got to you got to do episodes like that here and there, right? Oh, yeah. That's got to be part of it. It was fun it. to talk about Cats. That's the other thing I think is even when you go into something like Leprechaun or Cats or whatever, something where you you feel like you're not going to find a lot of uh, you know, you're not, you know, you're not going to walk away saying, no, I'm a big fan of this and I get it. There still are going to be surprises along the way where oh, you're sure. like, oh, I'm surprised they went in this direction or I didn't know this thing about it. And I really liked this idea. And that's kind of a, a fun thing to add to your, you know, your pop culture encyclopedia in your head in terms of just things you can do and ways you can juxtapose ideas, you know. Um, so I, I love that idea. I think well, that you guys are doing it, a fun thing. Yeah, it's fun also too that you're experiencing it kind of together and, and can discuss yeah. it. I think about the Leprechaun movies in particular. Chuck would text me at like four o'clock like, hey, come over, we're going to watch Leprechaun 5 at eight. And I would sigh for four <laughs> consecutive hours <laughs> and then come over and we'd watch the movie and, and have our experience. But at the end of it, we, like we have all these inside jokes from the movie. Yeah, like, Chuck's like, I want me go. Like, and, and it's just it's you guys just will never that. guess what movie series that's it's, from you know it's it's just uh that's a real that's a real insight yes um you guess know, what character in the leprechaun series says i want me gold <laughs> take it take a wild guess was it jennifer aniston it was. uh so it's uh you know it, it becomes its own thing so i'm sure you kind of develop a, a shorthand and uh you know uh, language that kind of reinforces your relationship as you know, friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure. Plus, like, we watched, you know, we did that with the Friday the 13th series, which is, uh, you know... Bad. It's it's not good <laughs> in a lot of ways. But you realize, you realize that what happened with the slasher genre is, like, Halloween came out, and now that's, like, an important... And everyone just picture. tried to cash in on it. Well, it, it's not even just that. It's, like, everyone tried to cash in on it. So then Friday the 13th would do, like, a successful sequel, and, they and like, the people who were making Halloween 4 would be, like, hmm. And Nightmare on Elm Street would be, like, hmm. And every one of those sequels really is based on the success of the movie that came before it. Not the one that's in the series. The people who made Nightmare on Elm Street 5 were looking at, you know, Friday the 13th Part 4 and saying, what worked in that movie and how do we bring it into our movie? I, I always say, like, for those big slasher movies, they should do one big documentary with all the producers and the directors and writers and just admit that they all really had a lot to do with each other and just kind of talk about what influenced them. And Jason, in Friday the 13th Part, maybe 4 or 3, they were like, we want Carrie in this movie. And so they put a character that was Carrie in the movie. That's fucking crazy. Well, we actually talked about this on one of our episodes, but Friday the 13th, they just had the name for it. Yes. And they were just like, oh, we can make a lot of money off of this. Yes, exactly. And let's rip off Halloween. Yeah. And you know what started around here? It started like it was in like the trades and like Providence and Boston and stuff like that. They put that they were putting this movie together and someone invested yeah. based on the name. But I watched the, I think it's like. It's Crystal Lake Memories. I didn't watch that one. I watched oh, yeah. the uh, Never Sleep Again, which yeah, is the yes. Nightmare on Elm yes. Street um, documentary. I think it's like four or six hours. It's or something long. Like that. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting. It just covers Super every movie. Super interesting. But it just seems like with each one, because they had such a big turnover of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, behind the scenes. It's always the same producers. Yeah. And then they'd always get new directors yes. and new writers. Right. And then the old writers would come back and all that. And yeah. Wes Craven did a couple of treatments, but then he was just like, this is not what I envisioned yeah. for this and all that. So <laughs> I, I think yeah. they were just constantly like, 
well, you know, we it's almost like the Marvel movies. We have a release date. Yes. We have to get this. We have to finish yeah. this. We have to do this. So yeah. it seems like a lot of just like throwing shit at the wall. And yeah. What yeah. And I, and I do think a lot of it was just based on what worked for that last thing that came out that's similar to us. You yeah, know, it almost became like a like a schlocky arms race. It is. It yeah. is exactly what it is. Um, and I think it's really interesting. But even watching those Friday 13th movies, which there's there was probably like 12. Right? Yeah, I think so. Because yeah. Jason X is the 10th one, obviously. Yeah. And there's still after that was Freddy vs. Jason and the reboot. So there's yeah. probably well, 12. Yeah, I mean, if you count the reboot, I think it's just 12. 12. Yeah. yeah. But aren't I think they're working on a new one. Yeah, I would hope they're so. They're always working on a new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But like even watching those and they're bad, I still think like those nights, because we watched them, you know, during September, October too, a lot of them. We, we started them in over July, the summer. Yeah. Right. We went we went to an outdoor screening of yes. Friday the 13th 3D. Yeah, that's true. Oh. But was like, it in 3D? It was, yeah. Oh, they gave out 3D fun. glasses. That's, it was at a campground in Massachusetts. Oh, really? that must have been a lot of fun. It was. It was raining, which is the only, you know, right. bum out. Yeah. If it wasn't raining, it'd be great. But even watching those and they're being bad, the experience of watching them together was really fun. Yes. And like we laughed a lot and we, you know, we joked around and I wouldn't even Did say. Did anyone walk up to you and go, ch, ch, ch. There was a Jason guy there taking pictures with everybody. It was nice. pretty creepy. That's awesome. It was yeah. fun, you know? Yeah, like I mean, he like, does in the movies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, <laughs> he's just trying to take a picture. Yeah. <laughs> Get back here. <laughs> he invented selfies. Yes. Yeah, right. Uh, for like 10 years, starting with my senior year of college, um, my roommates and I would do this thing where each. Every time it was somebody's birthday, the other three or four of us would conspire to get what we felt would be the most offensive movie to that person. Yeah, there you We'd go. We'd all have to watch together, and they'd have to keep it on their shelf. Those See, that's the great. That's great. Oh, yeah. I so, love I mean, that. Oh, that's great. What did we do? Uh, we did Battlefield Earth. We mm-hmm. did... Um, uh, no, we just did Battlefield Earth 40 times. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, we did... Uh, I'd what's love that, to watch what's that. that Lindsay Lohan horror movie where you're like she has a oh, prosthetic leg that yeah. has a mind of its own or something? <laughs> I like that idea already. Right. I, um, I never, I don't recall. I that. know who I killed it. me or I, something like that. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. I know who killed yeah, me. And yeah. then there was Jennifer's body was kind of a similar one. It was just like yeah, but that has a massive cult following. Yeah, now. it does. I remember yeah. that. I feel even though I feel like Megan Fox kind of like doesn't really act with her face at all. Yeah. She just kind of has the same face on no matter what the emotion is. Um, uh, but yeah, to your point, the. Uh, and clearly, uh, the movies themselves are not memorable, but, uh, yeah. you know, that became a tradition and the ritual yes, around yes. it was, uh, yeah, it was something I look forward to all the time. Yeah. So. That's really fun. So I think the best example is still like, you know, I think we could probably all sit around and be like, yeah, Phantom Menace isn't particularly great, but it's still in like my top 10 sure. movie going experiences of all time. Sure. That's, that's a big, that's, that's a big part of that kind of stuff where it's just like, what did this mean to you? Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a really interesting thing. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, what did we miss? Um, I really love it. I, I listened to the Infinity Gauntlet episode right before, or either right before Infinity War came out, right before Endgame came out, probably right before Endgame, right? Yeah. It was, what? it was Endgame. <clears throat> right? Yeah, because Endgame was last year and the yeah, podcast. Was I was going to say, oh, okay. yeah, exactly. Because yes. Infinity War was mm-hmm. a year ago, May. Um, and yeah, I think it's a great podcast and I think it's a real fun way to kind of go through pop culture. I think it's, I think it's like. It basically is almost another version of a podcast that we would do with the way that we look at things. So cool. I, I Thanks, really, man. I really endorse it. Definitely check it out. What did we miss? Um, you know, everywhere podcasts are sold. Found, yes. Found Meanwhile, our numbers are plummeting in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't need them. Oh, they think we don't take a, take oh, a wow. stance on anything. Now How Brad's this? on their list too. <laughs> That's hilarious. By the way, I keep checking my watch because it's a smart watch and it vibrates. And I got to figure out how to turn off these notifications for Reddit because I don't want to know about it. Oh. Um, but yeah, so we had we wanted to have you guys on today. 
not only to talk about that, but to talk about just kind of the some fun movie stuff that's coming up right now, movies and TV stuff, I guess. Um, and I'd like to close with our discussion about Parasite, which recently won Best Picture yep. at the Academy Awards. And before that, I wanted to bring up a couple small things. Uh, one of them was the trailer for the new movie Spiral, uh, which is, to, to, to explain it simply... Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, you don't want to use the tagline on the poster? Which is from the Book of Saw, is that what it says? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Saw basically made, I'd say eight movies or seven? Seven? Eight. Eight. Because it had Saw 7 oh, and yeah, then Saw 7 Jigsaw. Oh, Jigsaw. Jigsaw. I never yeah. saw Jigsaw. It, uh, I get, uh, we'll get into my feelings on Saw, on Saw, but Jigsaw was the worst of them all by, by leaps and bounds, I think. Yeah. Um, so basically, Saw made eight movies starting in, I'd say, 2001. Do you think this one uh, series started? I think... 2002? I want to say it was... 2003? I think so, because I, 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 I think I reviewed that first one for my college newspaper. Yeah, I don't. I think I wasn't in high school either, and I graduated 2002. Okay, so maybe 2004. It was 2004, wow. okay. So over the past, you know, let's call it 15 years, because I think Jigsaw came out last year. Um, maybe the year before, so let's say the past 14 yeah. years, uh, Saw had eight, eight uh, chapters. And uh, it was like the current horror movie series, like one of the bigger ones, um, kind of similar to Friday the 13th. It just became the new version of uh, the horror sequels. And uh, apparently, and I read this last year and the trailer just came out, Chris Rock optioned the rights to the movie, it's Saw. His story idea. Yeah, yeah. to make a reboot. And uh, I know Samuel Jackson's going to be in it. And uh, the trailer just came out last week and the movie's called Spiral, which I didn't know before it came out. And I watched the trailer. We all watched the trailer, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. I think the trailer looks like it might be good. I think it might be cool. I think it might be fun. Yeah. I think good, cool, and fun are different adjectives. And you know what? One of them is probably accurate. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting my hopes up. Do you think it looks less like a horror movie than the Saw movies? Or do you think that they're no. going to... You don't think they're going to pull back? You think that's like a misdirect for the trailer or something? I mean, the back half of it sets up all those kind of... Yeah. It almost seems like Chris Rock's character, they're setting it up for him to, like, Be, you have to go do these yeah, saw things, things for us. Kind of like Die Hard 3, but Yeah, saw. maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe it's oh. a combo, Die Hard 3 and Saw. That'd be amazing. Yes. <laughs> Wasn't Die Hard 3 originally Saw? <laughs> a a his, Saw script? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His sandwich board says, I hate puppets. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go to Sesame Street. Don't they, in the... <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson gets to swear in the trailer too, right? Yeah, he says, he said, uh, "Do you want to play a fucking game or something yeah, like yeah. that?" Right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, how you sell a movie. I'll say this, and, and, and you know, I think we maybe we should put this on the table first. I really think that Saw, the original Saw movie, is an excellent independent piece of like film, um, not just a movie, film. It's film? It's, oh. it's, yeah. it's based on a writing exercise. Uh, that's that's basically like, can you write a movie? about two people in a room. That's where it came from. That's where the mm -hmm. concept for Saw came from. And Saw says no. And uh, so, <laughs> so James <laughs> no. Wan, I guess, who's the director of the first one, and writer, I suppose, I think, um, came up with this concept that the two guys, you know, chained in a room together. They don't know. They wake up, blah, blah, blah. And um, it's funny because the, the movie series is kind of remembered as like a gore fest, but the first movie didn't have like any budget almost at all. So there's not really much gore in the first movie. I mean, the guy has to cut off his own foot by the end, but that doesn't happen on screen as opposed to the later movies where they're like twist bones and do gross stuff on screen. None of that exists in the first movie. I think you only really see aftermath, 
right? Like you see... Uh, yeah, isn't there like a body in that room with them? The body in the room is the killer, is the saw guy oh, at that's the right. end. Ah, the, the that's, twist. That's the yeah. twist. Um, I think the first saw is a great movie. I mean, I love uh, I love Seven. And to me, the first saw is a little bit closer to Seven. I think Seven is a much more competent film as a whole. But in terms of like... You know, versus torture porn versus seven. The first saw is a lot more like seven than like torture porn. You know, in seven, you get that gross stuff like the guy that ate himself to death. You get the aftermath, the person who died in their apartment from sloth, and then they actually are alive. They jump out. It's a lot closer to that for the first one. And I think the story of the first one is is sound. I like it. I don't. You don't like the it's first one? It's been a long time. I didn't like the first one. Did you get grossed out by it? Or no. did you actually? No, yeah, because it's not gross. I love horror movies. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So you're not grossed out in general anyway. No. Oh, interesting. I just remember maybe it being just too much exposition, maybe. Interesting. Well, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of what the, yeah. Yeah, that's but kind there's of a way is. to do that, and this is not it. Interesting. Yeah. interesting. I, I think I liked the first one, and then I didn't really like the second one. Second uh, one? I think I dropped off. Ahead. Yeah, I stopped watching after two or three, I think, well, because I didn't like any right. of them. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's yeah. stick with the first one for now. Right. How about you? But the new one is directed by the guy that did two, three, and I think like four. So not James Wan. No. Because James Wan is directing like Fast and Furious movies now. Uh, Aquaman. Is he? Did he do Aquaman? He did Aquaman. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. He did like, so he did the Saw movies. He did. He did the first Saw. That's it. He did Death Sentence. He produced him. Death Sentence. Which, then is, he, which is awesome. I love Death Sentence. I don't think I've seen Death Sentence. Oh, it's But then excellent. he did The Conjuring. Is that the Kevin Bacon one? Conjuring. The Conjuring's pretty. Yes, Kevin Bacon. It's decent. Yeah. Uh, and then um, obviously like the greatest thing of his career, which is Aquaman. And he also did Dead Silence. Wait, oh yeah, that yeah. isn't that sort of a spin-off? Um Dead Silence is no, it's Dead Silence was like a, a dummy movie. Yeah, like but it was it was okay. before the uh the new ones with Annabelle or whatever it is. Um it's very silly. Oh, did he do Insidious or is he just producing those? Uh, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I don't really stay up on the The Conjuring and Insidious, Annabelle, all that stuff. I, I can't differentiate. I've watched the Insidious movies and I don't think I could tell you anything about Yeah, them. exactly. That's kind of how I feel. So what's your Tony, what's your experience with Saw? Yeah, I um I revisited it a couple of years ago and was kind of surprised how bored I was. Really? To be honest. Because I, I remember that that first viewing when it came out and yeah. being really kind of uh, uh, taken by it. Yes. Um, and I also, after the second one, I wasn't, I'm like, ah, this is like, mm-hmm. I, I just, it's a little too much empty nihilism for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was, I, uh, I expected that one to be thrilling and yeah for me it just it just didn't do it for me interesting i'll say i'll say some movies have like this hype build up beforehand and so your experience watching them the first time is really different after you know what the movie's going to be as a complete picture i'd say saw has that paranormal paranormal activity has that and girl with a dragon tattoo really has that where you go well i feel like girl with a dragon tattoo they have this like terrible like rape scene up front and the whole movie... Are you talking about the Fincher one? Yeah, the Fincher one. Uh, and well, I had seen the... I had watched the original yeah, version yeah, before I know. the Fincher one. So, so I think that changes expectations. I'm, I'm, sure it, I'm sure it does. But I think that when they did that in the fir- in the new one, the whole time you're ready for things to get just as brutal with that guy that the, uh, you know, what's his name? The, um, the guy that's in the house that has that big machine that he puts Daniel Craig on and never uses it. It, nothing, nothing ever happens with that terrible machine, but because it throws you off the whole time you're on edge of the whole movie, right. nothing ever really happens that's as bad again. So if you watch it again, you feel a lot more relaxed. Same thing with Paranormal Activity was the first movie that had that campaign 
where the trailers featured shots of people in the movie theaters freaking out. So the whole time you watch the first time, Blair Witch is similar. Blair Witch, Blair Witch was like that. I think it's about and Blair Witch was like, is it real? Is it not real? Was kind of part of the marketing. So I think the idea that you're talking about is that is your imagination. Exactly. It's like what is going to happen? I think that's exactly a lot of great horror in a nutshell. Is exactly like the anticipation of like, oh god, right? Because I saw Blair Witch in the theater. Me too. And I remember just being terrified like, during the the scenes that took place during the day. I was like, I don't want it to be night. I know <laughs> what's going to happen, and nothing know, ever quite happens. But at the same time, like I know it's that you know, it's it's your imagination feeling. Yes, exactly. And and I think that saw. The first time you watch it, it might seem like it's going to be fr- more frightening. And the second time you're going back and you know where it ends, you know how much is going to happen by the end. And it might seem a little bit less impactful because of that. Sure. I mean, it was, but it was probably close to 15 years from first viewing to rewatching. Yes. So yes. I, I, had for, I mean, I forgot the twist that we mentioned earlier. Yes. So, right, uh, right, I right. mean, I was, I was more or less going in fresh. But. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, I don't know how I feel about Spiral. So, well, I was going to say like, I, I really liked the first Saw as a film project. The second movie was actually uh, a, pro- a script for a different movie that they just adapted because they wanted to capitalize on the success right away. Like Die Hard 3. Yes. Exactly. So exactly. Simon Says is the original script. So I think Saw 2 was a big dip in terms of like story. I think they were like, now we're in a, there's seven people in a house and something, there's like traps in every room or something and it really went off. But then if you stuck it through, <laughs> I really believe that the other stuff they did after that in Saw like three, four, five, whatever... I think that they were able to go in some cool storytelling directions because it was essentially like a studio was like, you guys can write this uh, and direct it. People are going to come see Saw, have a bunch of scary stuff, have a bunch of, you know, traps or whatever and do whatever you want. So they got to play with the storytelling aspect of it more than I think you'd get in like a traditional movie, like a drama. So in Saw 3, at the end, Jigsaw dies. I believe it's Saw 3. And uh, in Saw 4, it just starts with a new group of people. It's the same thing with the tapes showing up. And you're like, what's going on? What's going on? And the finale of the movie is the main character in this movie walks into a room and it's the conclusion of Saw 3 is happening in real time. And so the two movies took place at the same time. And now it's building on the ending. And I remember seeing it and being like, this is so bold and cool and such a fun idea that I think you're basically not allowed to do in real movies. You know what I mean? Like, who's going to let you do that in a real in a real sequel to a movie? Um, and they almost like got to do it because horror has this weird built-in audience where people will just continue to see, you know, the popular thing. And so I think there was a lot of actually good story elements here and there throughout the whole series. And then that last one was really really terrible. Um, and so now they're going to reboot it, which I think is weird. Uh, and maybe you're right. Maybe they are going to make it a straight horror movie again. But from the trailers, I thought maybe they would just make it more of like like closer to like, I guess, a detective thriller. But maybe not. Maybe you're right. I uh, did I, What I've read about it is that it kind of takes place like after Saw 1 and kind of before Saw 2. That so it's, you, don't, you, you don't think it's a reboot? You think it takes place I, in the I, world I think of Saw? It's, I, in my mind, it's, it's from it's, the book of Saw. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a parallel movie. Uh, now... What do you mean by that? Right. Let me nerd out a little bit here. Yes. Uh, The book Ender's Game is one of my favorite books Mm. ever. Uh, And in that book, there's a character. I'm sorry. So it's Ender's Game. The next book in the series is Speaker for the Dead, then Xenocide, then Children of the Mind. And Mm. later they wrote Ender in Exile that went between the first two. Mm. Uh, But there's a character in Ender's Game named Bean. Mm. And 
Orson Scott Card, the author of Ender's Game, said, I want to tell Bean's story. Mm. And so he wrote uh, a book that took place at the same time as Ender's Game, but it was Bean's, like, upbringing and how he went to battle school and, like, he was crawling around in the vents while this other scene was going on. Mm. So it's like the ends of Saw 3 and 4. But then he went on to tell, you know, the next, let's call it, 30 years of Earth's history while Ender was out in space. Yeah. And, you know, skipping over the events of, of uh, you know, whatever. It, it, the timeline is messed up because of relativity. Uh, but basically they tell Bean's story. So that it's, it's considered a parallel novel, Ender's Shadow to Ender's Game. Do you, do you feel, is, is the continuity, does it match up? It does, but I, I think it weakens Ender's game. Because, Why? Because, uh, I want to know. Spoiler, yeah. Uh, in, in Ender's game, they're like, oh, we give, we've given you the cast offs of, of all the kids from battle school, all the people yeah, yeah, that yeah. nobody wants on their teams. Mm-hmm. And Ender makes them into like the, the best fighting unit the, the school's ever uh. seen. And then in Ender's Shadow, you learn that Bean was already was, great was, for some reason, who right? Is, who is more intelligent than Ender, hmm. hand selected the teams. Oh, and so the, the genius, <laughs> the genius is not Ender Wigan. Mm-hmm. The genius is actually Bean, but Ender Wigan has you know the more charisma aspect. and, yeah, and right, right, personality right. to like draw these people together. Yeah, yeah I so, see that. I mean, that's like the classic prequel side story right dilemma is yeah it, exactly it always ends up over explaining things that nobody needed explained in the first place yes right. answers yes. to questions nobody had and yeah. also like like ray harrington and i talk almost every night on the phone about pop culture a comedian that's on our show a lot and we always talk about the idea of like if you do a spinoff there's gotta be some middle where it's like it's a seesaw where on one side you're telling a whole new story that has nothing to do with the original product, right? The original thing you're spinning off of. And that's weird because why are people tuning in? And the other side, you're getting too involved in that as like a side thing where you're crawling through the vents and you're watching scenes and it's answering the questions like Han Solo saying, I'm going to call you Chewie instead of Chewbacca or something like that. Yeah. Or, Um, or, uh, oh, I don't have a last name and I'm by myself. Oh, I'm going to call you Solo. Yes, exactly. So so with that stuff... <laughs> that with, might be the nadir. <laughs> it's just... Let's, let's hope it doesn't get worse than that. Oh, jeez. So with, so with that seesaw, there is going to be somewhere to meet in the middle, but I honestly can't think of a project or a property that really had that perfect balance of a side story. I don't really know what that is. Well, actually, I'm going to suggest one that does, and it's a nice pivot mm-hmm. from Spiral. I think the Fargo TV series has done a wonderful job existing within the same world of the movie. Right. And the new season. Well, even like with the narrative, there's okay. an episode that that ties directly into uh, a scene from the film, but then mm-hmm. like that's the last they address it. Which Some, somebody rents, 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 a, somebody oh, rents a wood chipper. And, uh, <laughs> Jim's wood chippers. <laughs> um, it was, uh, it had something, it had something to do with, um, you know, in, in the movie when Steve Buscemi hides the money and he marks it with the, Oh, okay. Yeah, the ice yeah. scraper. Yep. Yeah. There's an episode that ties into that somehow. Okay. But Chris Rock is going to be in the next season of Fargo. Wow. And so are great. they going to cross over? Cross over with, with Saw? Saw? <laughs> yes. Fargo from the book of Saw. <laughs> Saw-go. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if nothing else, I think uh, this is an interesting point in Chris Rock's career where he's oh, like, yeah. fuck it. Like, yeah. why not try to spread my wings a little bit? Because, you know, 
regardless of how I might feel about Spiral, it's definitely an interesting choice for him. Yeah. But so is Fargo, and that looks great, and I'm very excited to see him. In but that. I, I yeah. think what you could also do is take something that maybe doesn't work, mm-hmm. spin off from that, and do something that is interesting, sure. like Birds of Prey. Okay, yeah. Which Suicide just released yeah. recently, Suicide right. Squad, which is garbage. Right. Um, and they took Harley and gave her her own show, uh, her own movie, mm-hmm. and she, uh, Margot Robbie. Film, excuse film. me, it's film. So, sorry, film. He said uh, movie. Well, yeah, he said show. Then, oh, that's right. We're I going said, back to the I said, all, I said all of them. <laughs> like um, play. Yeah. Um, Margot Robbie produced it, and yes. she did uh, used her producing powers to hire female writers yep. and uh, woman director. Mm-hmm. Um, Kathy Yan and uh, it's pretty good. It's, yeah. it's surprisingly fun. It's I light on it his is. feet. I bet it uh, is. But it also works by carving its own little kind of niche in, in the superhero movie universe. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are, a lot of the criticisms, criticisms I've read of it are pretty lazy. I honestly haven't read too much negative stuff about yeah. it. Yeah. I've only really read that it's it's a fun movie. It's a fun action movie, which is kind of what I think basically like DC should be doing with this property. You know what I mean? Yeah. They shouldn't be trying to change the world with uh, Harley Quinn while Batman vs. Superman is this terrible mess that came out. And they're trying to rebuild, you know, with Joker and all this stuff. I think that after the success of Joker with Joaquin, I think that this movie should be like a fun action romp. And that's what it sounds like it is. Yeah, and the, and I think it probably has some of the best action sequences of mm-hmm. maybe any superhero movie. Oh, interesting. Um, mostly because they are there are longer takes, mm-hmm. not a lot of cutting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did an episode on Jackie Chan recently, and it oh, seems yes. to be a pretty big influence on this. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and it's super super violent. Yes, I in, heard in kind of shocking ways. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of limb snapping and yeah, um, face, and but every, you can tell everyone that is in it is having a great time. Yeah, that's uh, great. And so and and it looks great. It's shot by Matthew Levitique. Who yes, did um, recently shot uh, A Star Is Born. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also did Solo, which for all its faults looks gorgeous. Sure. Right? Uh, and this movie is just like saturated colors and a lot of beautiful backlighting. Yeah. And, uh, which you you know most superhero movies don't look that great. Yeah. They all look kind of consistently the same. They're kind of flat. Yeah, I, I think, and this actually pops. DC in particular, everything seems muted. I would say the opposite, oh, to be honest. really? Yeah, I would say Marvel movies all look really... Oh, I'd say the, the third act of DC movies turn orange, this is, which is hard. Maybe, yeah. 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 But I, I mean, like Wonder Woman has a great visual palette. Sure. Uh, and a lot of great color to it. Yeah. And, and, and there's a consistency to the... Snyder movies. There that, we go. That's that what I, I was do, thinking of. Like those are dour, but like they're they're definitely feel like they have his personality. And I sure. feel a lot of times the Marvel movies don't have. I think that's the biggest concern with the Marvel movies is that they're all kind of samey, and that maybe they don't have a lot of personality. Mm. So it's. I think it's great to see uh, DC at least with their new things. And I don't like Joker, but at least it is sort of attempting. Yeah, doing its own sort of. Allowing the director to make a, a uh, movie. Make his own movie. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And uh, obviously, yeah. like, there's been a lot of, not a lot of, but a number of clashes with the Marvel movies with their directors in the past. And right, right, recently, right. they just fired Scott Derrickson or yeah. he left the project. We yeah, don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. Right. Um, so at least it seems like they're hopefully moving in the right direction. Um, yeah. So I think this could be their best. Um, 
I, I mean, I'm not. I'm counting the DC extended universe, sure, not sure, like sure. the Dark Knight or anything. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Right, the new one. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 funny because I I think what you're talking about is like Suicide Squad was a movie that didn't work that had some elements of stuff that does work, and I think in like big budget cinema. There's so many different ideas and properties and projects and blah, 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 that you don't usually get to go back and say, well, let's take the thing that worked from that and put it in a different context and make it work, which is Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Um, and so it's cool that they got to do that. Um, and in terms of like making a side story thing or, or basically a new, really a new story, right? You know, it's not really even a side story. It's taking over. It's almost yeah. becoming the canon now. Um, the Saw thing... I don't. I can't imagine it's a parallel story with it because he ends up in the room with the with the hacksaw. I don't know. I know. You know what? I th- I'll say well, this. All right. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I want to say this real okay, quick. Okay. Good. I hate this. I get things on my phone all the time that are like, "This person said that Hulk is going to be in this movie." A random inside source said this, and this is news now. And I'm like, "This isn't news. Like, this is like speculation at best." And like. You know, one every 20 uh, things, one every 20 news items, someone's right. Yeah. Who gives a shit? I don't want to know about it. And it's probably you read something like that. It's possible. But yeah. it, like. That sucks. I hate that. All right. Um, I hate it. <laughs> what? I, get, I feel like every day I get a new Marvel thing. I, I, every like, day I get a new thing about Spiral. Where it's like. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, I wish. <laughs> All, right, what, <laughs> All right. What if the Saw series is CSI and Spiral yeah. is CSI Miami? Wait, does that mean it's parallel? Same killer, different universe. Okay. He's flying back that, and forth. That, that, but that's so, just a criminal re- intent. But that's yeah. just a reboot. That's just a reboot. That's well, like saying I, yeah. the Spi- Amazing it, but, Spider-Man. But, but, but I'm, the, I'm saying like... That's just a reboot. What, all right. I, I what if... Like, is, is it the cars in the trailer seem to indicate an earlier time frame than what we're currently in? Something something like that's, that. That's... I, I, I got to... Are they not using that Nokia brick? They've got, <laughs> a, they've got a multimedia phone yes. with a... I gotta say, that's that's my biggest issue with Tokyo Drift. It's their place in the Fast and Furious timeline. Yeah, they're using old cell phones. Yeah, and Han's back. Anyway, so uh, I'll say, I mean, obviously anything we say in this podcast is speculation. None of us know about what's going on. It's got to be a reboot, though. I I mean, I hope it's a reboot, to be completely honest, because if they try to make it be like... It's from the book of Saw. (laughs) Well, the book book of Spider-Man could still be all the Spider-Mans, I think. Uh, I, I feel like... What if it's not like necessarily a reboot, but almost like a, what do they call them? The requels, well, reboot that's, sequel. Do you mean like Jurassic World? Or even like yeah. Force Awakens. For, yeah, but, where it takes but, place in that universe, but it's kind of doing its a so, new thing, maybe. To, yeah, to, to, I understand what you're talking about. Jurassic Harrison World. Harrison Ford's going to be there and be like, it's all true, all of it. And then like <laughs> a bear trap snaps <laughs> on his head. Yes. <laughs> Did you see that interview with him? Was anyone doubting this? Did you hear that interview with him where they're just like, so were you a force ghost in Rise of Skywalker? He's like, I don't don't know what a fucking force ghost is. Oh my God, I know. Yeah, I'm not even surprised. I wish everyone took that uh, approach (laughs) to to questions like that. I don't give a fuck. Who gives a fuck if it's a force ghost? We were talking about about the newest Star Wars uh, on our episode, and we were like, Luke was a force ghost, Han was a memory, and Leia was a third thing, right? Yeah. And Appa, uh, she wasn't a force ghost, but she came back. Right. She took over uh, Kylo Ren. Remember she connected with him uh-huh. in that last thing? What is she? She's, a, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> She's a terrible CGI <laughs> amalgamation well, we were of just, a dead Carrie Fisher. We, we were just saying there's too many situations where dead characters can be there and be a different thing, essentially, is what our, what our equation was. But no, if they say... It was projection. Projection, that's what she yeah. was. She was a projection. There was a force ghost, a memory, and a projection. They all affected the storyline. See, I, I wish they had really gone all in on this uh, unused Carrie 
Fisher footage. Yes. Like, throw in a clip from the burbs that they didn't use yep. of her <laughs> saying the line they needed. <laughs> or our uh, Blues Brothers. Or, uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the man with one red shoe. There you go. I will say that's the one thing about the new Star Wars movie where I feel bad for the people that were in charge is that honoring Carrie Fisher the right way and balancing her place in the movie, you could either be kind of ruthless and make a better movie or you could be heartfelt and include her and it's going to feel I weird. I think the best decision would have been to not include her. I know, me because too. Because her performance in Last Jedi is good and... Yeah, I know, and, I know. Uh, it ends on a hopeful note. And, I know. And it just would have been, like, it would have been a bummer, but it it would have been better overall. I think it would have been better for the movie too. Yeah, and it would have been, a, you know... Uh, Certainly a downer, but an interesting place for them to start with, you know, the figurehead of their movement. Right. Yeah, you, just, you just put it in the crawl. The dead speak. By the way, Princess Leia's uh, dead. The, the dead, dead speak, speak, but not, not Princess but Leia. Not Leia. super dead. Do you guys, I have the opinion of the new Star Wars. This is my opinion. Let's see if you guys agree with me. That basically they're like, all right, so we got to bring in the emperor in this third movie and have him be important as if he was here the whole time. How do we make it feel like he was part of the other movies? So they put the thing in Fortnite. You know about that? The dead speak was in Fortnite. Yeah. And then they put his laugh in all the trailers. So it seems like for a, almost a year beforehand, he was around. But it was just like shoehorned bullshit to make it seem like that was the plan the whole time. Doesn't it? Does it seem like that? Oh, it's, well, I mean, the original script leaked and he wasn't in that. So. Yes, I know. I so know. So like it was J.J. Abrams and I can't remember the name of the screenwriter. Chris Terrio? Tetro? Terrio? Javaro. No, no that's Colin Trevorrow. Trevorrow wrote the original. Yes, but the right. guy that replaced him, oh, okay. that co-wrote it with J.J. Abrams. I see. Um, I think they just decided, they're just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's throw him in. I know. Well, so what was, do you guys know what the script was? The, the original? Yeah, the original. Yeah, supposedly it made uh, Kylo more of the bad guy. That's what I think made more yeah, sense. And I think that they didn't, they wanted to have, they wanted him to have more of a redemptive arc. Yes. And... Uh, they fought back and they were like, yeah. no, we'll go away. See, it would have been, I think it would have been cool bec to make him just end up be a bad guy. Yeah, I agree. Because then the whole, it's, it's cool because even looking as a whole, it's like the idea of like, you know, the first trilogy is like good guy stays a good guy, finds out his dad was originally a good guy, but he's a bad guy. Second trilogy is essentially it starts out the same as the first trilogy, but that guy becomes a bad guy and it kind of shows you like, well, anyone could be a bad guy. Then this third one is like bad guy. He might be a good guy, still a fucking bad guy. And that's a cool, it's a cool, yeah. like, you know, you're dancing on this thing as opposed yeah. to whatever they did. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to get off on that tangent. I just want to see what you thought about that. Um, Spiral's going to be outside the Saw universe. But inside the Star Wars universe. But inside the Star Wars universe. Saw Go Ooh. is a, is a it go. Is. Wait, 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 wait. It's is actually there, a diehard sequel. Yeah. Is there a Saw multiverse? Yeah. You know what? There might is be. Is there going to be like an, a Jigsaw well, Enter the, the Jigverse? I wonder, what? No, when are we going to get a, like an Into Jigverse. the Whatever Verse? Can we please for call like, the Jiggyverse? Where, where do we get our, 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 our team up of Jigsaw, Chucky, Jason, <laughs> yes. Freddy, uh, Michael Myers, yes. the Leprechaun, Pinhead? <laughs> Leprechaun. Yeah. Like, when are we going to get that? A slasher yes. suicide score. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I, I think uh, one of the things they did try to do with Saw was be like, by the way, during that last movie, this was also happening. Like, the way I, I was talking about the story before, where you come in on the end, that made sense. But they would basically go back to like the first one and be like, actually, he was friends with this guy. And they would just build in shit. And that's what they'd have to do if they were making right. this part of it. And I hope they're not. 
And I hope that they, I, I mean, like we said, we don't really know. I hope they are making it a little bit less of a horror movie and making it more of a story. I think that'd be cool. I, I have hope for it. You guys don't really have too much hope for Spiral. I, I said that I, I mean, I don't, I mean, hope's a wrong word because I don't have any invested interest in the first place. I don't, I'm not expecting much, but if yes. it turns out that like, yeah, it's a really great psychological thriller horror movie. Yeah. yeah. I'll check it out. That's cool. Yeah. I hope, I hope it is. We'll see. Chris Rock is an odd duck. You know what I mean? He's, uh, he's stepping his toes in a weird place, but I heard he's been great in Fargo. Right? Uh, no, this, that, he's going to be in the next season. Oh, he's in the next season? So, yeah, yeah this next wow. season. So, each Did season someone, is like Someone a, specifically said that to me, and they must have been just talking about that trailer moment. Then. I mean, it, it looks good. Yeah, it looks good, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, it looks like the premise is uh, he is, Maybe if not the head of, but like high up in yeah. um, a, a sort of, um, you know, the, the black organized crime world, and yes, they're moving yes. into the city. Right. I think it's like in the 50s, and kind of like butting heads with the established Italian mob. and Yeah. Yeah, so... Wait, damn. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see about Spiral. I, I, uh, I'm a. I will call myself a fan of the Saw series. I don't like Saw two. Did you do that for your podcast, the what? Saw series? Yes, we did. Uh, sort of. Did we? We yeah, did no. it. We did it so long. Yeah. The podcast is eleven years old. Yeah. So we did it so long ago that it might have been after Saw three. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, but but we didn't really do the we didn't really do the horror movie look back at it because. It's more fun to do it with a concluded series, sort of. So even though Halloween has its reboots and Jason has its reboots and Freddy has its fucking reboot, um, it's more fun to do it with a story that kind of came to a conclusion. And we haven't done it since uh, since it came to a conclusion. But I would love to do that as the next one. Yeah. Did you guys uh, do Hellraiser? Hellraiser is the next one, I think. Oh, great. That's the one we're planning on doing. A lot gets, of weird it stuff. It gets real rough well, after here, the fourth one. Well, here's what's interesting is like, you know, you have the certain big, like we've done Child's Play, Halloween, Friday 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Street. And we also did Leprechaun. And now it's like, well, in terms of like uh, people knowing about them, what is next? Is it Hellraiser? Is it... Is it all the iterations of Black Christmas? No, it's not. I'm just kidding. There's, there's three. only three. Right? Yeah. yeah, there's three. Texas Chainsaw? There were the what, Texas four Chainsaw. or five of the I'd original? I'd say Texas Chainsaw uh, is... There's a few more if you include the... The reboot, yeah, I th and then I even some of the more recent ones are yeah, kind of like there's like some kind of wedged in the original. origin. There's like Texas Chain. There's like I'd say I that, don't know. I'd say that Texas Chainsaw. Goes to I mean, camp. the first yes. two are the only ones worth watching. I think Texas Chainsaw probably is the next most popular one, but Hellraiser is up there, and I don't know what else there is. Maybe Saw, maybe Paranormal Activity, um, but there's not that many more that are that. What big. about Phantasm? See, I don't know anything about Phantasm. It's pretty fun. Is it a superhero movie? Is no. it like a hero oh, movie? No. Oh, no. Is that the one with a spiky ball? What am I thinking ball? of? I think, yeah, of, yeah, I think yeah. of Phantoms. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about either of them. Phantasm. Phantasm's interesting because it's like super low budget. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But like, it's the same guy yeah. that wrote and directed them all. I, I can't remember I, his name. I he did uh, Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep. Oh, I never really same. watched that. I wanted to watch that, though. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, It's been a long time since I've watched yeah. it. Yeah. I like 3,000 Miles to Graceland. That's a weird one, but yeah. I love that movie. Why don't you do The Evil Dead? There's not Evil that Dead. many. I know, and, I know. And, and, and your hit-to-miss ratio is high. Yeah, I know, I know. It's funny because what we do is we, we watch all the movies. We don't just talk about it in the podcast. We get someone who has never watched them. Who doesn't? My buddy Bilal, he doesn't like horror movies. So when you try <laughs> to tell him the whole story of Nightmare on Elm Street, he's like, "What?" Like he's just so. Oh, wait, confused. So, so they don't watch the movie. They come on the podcast we, and you explain it. We to almost him. tell them Whoa, the story as then if the, it's then like the dog pees fire and Freddy's bones are once again reanimated. <laughs> that happened in one of the movies. <laughs> that happens in one. Of, oh, I know. So so it's like it's funnier because 
that person lacks so much context and where we're boiling it down. It's so funny. Like we even like Brad did a tally for the Friday 13th movies about how he killed everybody. Yeah. And it was like stabs, pokes, crushes, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> like this movie oh, the one where he puts three pokes, puts a, a, a woman in a, in a burlap sack and just repeatedly beats uh, her up against hilarious. the tree. It's ridiculous. It. Yeah. Jason X. Yeah. Jason X. I think uh, he's, he did that a few times. He did it before that, and Jason X was a callback to yeah. it. Yeah. Because it's the two girls that are super, super hot, and they come out, and they're topless, and they have what? weed and beer. Well, they're fake. Remember, yeah, they're, they're, in, they're like in a simulation. Deck, yeah. It's like uh, at the X-Men Danger Room. They're in a simulation, and they're trying to distract him, so they put Crystal like into the simulation, oh, and the girls come out, and, it, and they come up to him like and offer him like beer and weed, and it cuts, and it just has him like looking at them, and then it cuts to him slamming one into a tree in the sleeping bag, and it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, so it's funny to do it to someone who's completely uninitiated because it seems even more ridiculous. We're talking with some context, but this person is just getting like the facts of the story. And he's like, "What do you mean a dog pisses fire?" That sounds like fun. Yeah, it's really funny. It's real. It's honestly, they're some of my favorite episodes of the year. I think I laugh the most <laughs> on those episodes, especially because Brad is a. Uh, Kind of a meticulous, uh, yeah. fact-based kind of recapper. Yeah. yeah. So he he also is he rolls his eyes more than me. I'll be like, you know what, Freddy versus Jason is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> and Brad's like, what? <laughs> like, and and you kind of talk with more of a you know dismissive voice. Yes. I guess. And so te- then telling someone that doesn't know anything at all about it is hilarious. Oh man, yeah, they're really fun. That's making me miss them. I want to do another one. We didn't do this one one this Halloween. Because we getting ready for our Halloween show. Yeah, we had a very involved live Halloween show this past Halloween, so we didn't do one. But uh, I want to get back into it this year. Um, all right, well, verdict's out on Spiral. We'll see how the fuck it goes. I don't know. May 15th. May 15th. Ooh, can't wait. Yep. Um, I did want to talk about McMillions, the new show on HBO that started maybe two weeks ago. Yep. You guys know about it? Yep. Three weeks ago? Yeah, maybe. Ish. Maybe this, yeah, the third Ish. episode was Monday. That's right. Yeah. Have you guys watched it? Yeah. yeah. Brad watched it? Yes, I've, I've watched I first watched, two I didn't watch the third episode yeah. yet. I didn't watch the third one, which is the one that came out two days ago. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Dude, I think it's awesome. I love it. Um, I was talking to someone about it, and I was like, man, I get so into these like murder documentaries on Netflix and all this stuff, and they're so well done, which is great, but they're kind of heavy because of the subject matter. It's just kind of. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, but you're en- it's weird to enjoy a story and then be like, and that person was actually killed, though. It's not the same as watching Saw. Oh, but you haven't watched the third episode, and there's some heavy stuff. <laughs> yeah, it does, episode. yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, so I've, I've watched the first two, and for the most part, this is done with the same technical precision of those documentaries, but kind of with less less weighty subjects. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it takes... The, vic- the victim here is mostly McDonald's. So nah, you're like, you yeah, watch the third episode. Yeah, things change. <laughs> yeah, things change. But no, it is oh, no. in like this world where like... Can you guys edit it and just cut out whatever is weighty in it so I can enjoy it the same way? Yeah. And then Grimace's bloated corpse washed ashore. <laughs> does it get, does it get no. murdery? It doesn't get murdery, but it, it, there's a social context to... I don't... I mean, I don't want to... Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Because, well, I, I mean, People, I was... You know, people suffer. Yeah, I mean, without giving too much away, uh, one of the people who claim a prize... Yeah, and the episode really elaborates on how the scheme works. Because I don't like the yeah, redemption yeah. side. Because because uh, by the second episode, you have no idea how the scheme works. Yeah, yeah the people, uh, this one woman in particular, who a lot of the episode focuses on, mm-hmm. it's it's really tragic. I mean, oh, she, yeah. there's a person who is in a, a very a person who won. 
who claimed one of the prizes, who yeah. was wow. given the the prize the piece tick, by yeah. um, by whoever is by one of the Jeremy's, it. right? Oh, you know what? Be- but before, she- before we go on, just for people who are listening to the podcast, McMillions is a documentary series on HBO about uh, the McDonald's monopoly game that they played for probably a decade and a half. Maybe they maybe yeah. they still do it, um, and kind of the revelation at some point. That a, most almost almost all of the big prize winners. I'm pretty sure it was all of them. I think it was all of them yeah. from 1988 to 2001 or something like that. All of them were fraudulent and kind of orchestrated by one or two people, or you know, with like family members and people they knew that were taking these huge huge money prizes and kind of figuring out a way to fraudulently get them to people they know. And this documentary series follows the FBI investigation of how they figured it out and what happened. So we're in, you know. You guys are on up to episode three of a six-part series. I'm up to episode two. Brad's up to episode two. Yes. But it's a six-part documentary series that you know is currently airing on HBO. Yeah. McMillions. Spoiler-free blurb for the next episode is yes. a woman who is brought into the scheme and claims one of the prizes yeah. is clearly being taken advantage of mm. and is actually put into a, a okay. worse situation than she was in the first See, so, so yeah, so that has not come up for me yet. Yeah, it's always it, the guy just being like, hey, just take a ticket, take a ticket. She kind of insinuates that maybe that's what happened to a number of these people, oh, not sure. just her. Oh, yeah. see, that's, yeah, that's that is new to us. Yeah, because yeah. it is kind of fun. It, like, at the, uh, like you said, it, it's sort of this antidote to this true crime obsession we've been having right. the last couple that's of years. that's how I feel. And like, the victim is McDonald's, they can probably take the hit, but like, right. once these personal stories start coming wow. up, it's like, it's really heavy. It's heavy, yeah. That's yeah. really interesting. See, it's funny because I was talking to someone and I was like, yeah, so far, I mean, I didn't say so far. What am I lying about? I didn't know about episode three. Um, I said, you know, it's, it's, it's all these winners were fake. And I'm like, you know, the victim, as far as I knew at the time is McDonald's. I'm like, I will say, they say that like the, the sales at McDonald's went up by 50% during these games. So I guess there are people who are buying more cheeseburgers, but I don't feel Hello. too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that piece. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's partly be- because they chose to focus on this one particular FBI agent. And yes. he's just, and this, he's hilarious. He's funny, but he's a bit of an ass. <laughs> and I, th- I thought like, and I, I texted Tony, Why? I was just like, I, I watching the first I episode, feel this way. watching the first episode. I thought that like, is this like a stealth documentary? Like one of those documentaries that starts off one way and becomes about something else. And I thought that this was going to be about how the FBI is inept. Oh, because so much of like the sting and all that stuff of like, ah, this feels so half-assed. Do you think? Do you it's th- so ridiculous. But th- then, as do you think they, he's an ass, though. I mean, I think he did pretty good. He seems like someone that would be a shitty coworker. Like, oh, this but guy. I, and I think they oh, kind of yeah, make that true. pretty clear. too. Oh yeah, like, I, they're I, all like, uh, yeah, this like guy. He, and how many times is he like they probably wouldn't they wouldn't want me saying this, but this shit's boring. That's okay. Like, I, oh, yeah. I didn't want to work on healthcare. That's boring. It's like, come on, dude. Oh, I don't think he's an ass. I think he's a performer. He's a born performer. And he oh, found yeah. a way sure. to, and, and sure. that's what sort of makes him the perfect guy for this yes. paper, you know? Yes, yes. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. That's a really funny take. I think the... I thought he was just a character. You know, yeah, one, sure. You know, there was one guy who refused he's to gl- be... Someone I'm glad that is... In charge works for the context of this documentary, but someone that I would not want to work with. You know what though? Yes. There's one guy who's the other, his friend who's like straight laced, and he didn't want to be interviewed for this. Yeah, that guy's an asshole. Fuck that Why, guy because he doesn't want to be interviewed. Yeah, because he's not fun. Yeah, but again, you, you haven't <laughs> wow. seen the third episode, and I think you know sometimes some of these things you know they they get kind of heavy, and it's like I yeah. I, I, would, I don't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't like um, imagine experiencing that and be like, oh, now I need to talk about it some more. No, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Well, he I, so did you listen to the podcast series? No, this, I, this is one of the cool things about it. This is one of the ways that I think that this 
you know, you just said it's the antidote to the true crime, whatever. I, th- I completely agree with that. I think that that's fun until episode three, apparently. That dash- dashes my hopes. <laughs> and it takes a dive. Ronald gets stabbed. You're going to text us and be like, man, that third episode was so They're much like, fun. What are those bloody gloves doing in your trunk, Grimace? <laughs> but one of these, uh, one of the things I think is interesting, and I'm sure you guys will agree with this, is we're living in a funny time where there's a relationship between like episodic television, streaming networks, free podcasts, all this stuff. And it's hard to figure out the way, right, right way to play everything where like Netflix will drop Stranger Things season three all in one day and you can watch it in two days. Does that hurt the project? Does that hurt the staying power that there's no time in between to talk about it like Game of Thrones or something right. like that? We've talked about that a lot on yeah, our show. Yeah. yeah. And then also the relationship of of free media like podcasts and stuff like that. Um, and HBO, what they're doing is they're making us an episodic uh, you know, TV series. So whether or not you have... HBO, the channel, or HBO Go or Now. I don't know which one is just the streaming service. Um, now. Now. Uh, it still only comes out once a week, so you have that time in between. And they come out with an episode on Monday, and the next day they come out with a podcast episode that's essentially the stuff that was cut from that episode, including audio, more audio wow. interviews and more aspects that they were like, yeah, we had six hours to tell this story, so if there's 10 hours of story, that means that we have four hours of podcast. So it's just uh, basically, they'll be like, this episode has spoilers for episode one of McMillions. And then they'll go through it and they'll have additional interviews about those people. Hmm. Um, and I think that HBO is really playing the world of podcasts and streaming and episodic television in a perfect way with this. Because it's not like it's like 10 weeks long. It's only six weeks long. Right. They're doing the podcast with it. And if you really wanted to kind of get a taste for it, to be like, would I want to subscribe to HBO for this? You could listen to the podcast and get a little bit of an idea because it's the same interviews. It's just extended. And it's not the same content. It's only different content. But one of the things they said was the guy that didn't want to be interviewed said the reason he didn't want to be interviewed was because he's so meticulous about being factual that he would have to review the entire case file before he talked about it because he doesn't know if he'd be completely accurate if he didn't Hmm. and that he said that that the workload of doing that was just too much for him that seems fair yeah i think so the Uh, podcast series is great though if you really like the show i really recommend the podcast series that's cool and i I would prefer that to like the talk back shows that would happen like oh yeah yeah like talking after breaking no no it's not like that at all it's the directors talking on it as well but breaking bad does and saw have a podcast where they're actually it's like a behind the scenes podcast that's great and I it's love amazing because it's it's all the writers and yes. the actors and they're like this is the genesis of this episode right that's what this I, that's is what how I love. we film this thing and, and it's amazing because like you watch a new episode and it's super exciting and then you want more but not necessarily more another episode right away because right. i i think a show like breaking Bad or better call saul works great work week to week because you watch it and you can digest it and think about it the podcast helps you because it gives you context for things I, th- I honestly think that for the most part of dramatic television getting an episode of time is probably a better way to digest it i mean i am not you know i'm kind of one to talk because i'll watch stranger things season three i'll watch two episodes then two episodes and three episodes or whatever but we talked about that on our show and i think some shows it's helpful and i think stranger things is one of those shows where watching it all in a big chunk works better for it and i think if you were to wait week to week you might be like oh well this this show is fine well you know you might be right but it also might have kind of dictated the development and writing on the show that they know that people are going to watch it in those big chunks too, yeah sure. which is, which that's is an true. interesting part of it yeah but i think that you know you talked about the breaking bad podcast and we're talking about the mcmillions podcast i love the concept of of doing something that is kind of 
Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's sensationalized, like a documentary series or a drama series, and then doing a podcast behind the scenes like that. And I think it's probably going to become more common. Honestly, yeah, I hope so. Um, I it's think just that, ways to drive more people to, exactly. to watch the show, and, and it's and it's a fun way to do it to continue the conversation of the show. Right. I, I, we were talking beforehand about how when I had my house fire, I lost my Blu-ray collection. The reason I liked those Blu-rays so much back then was because they had so much supplemental footage about the creation of projects. And I realized in the past few years, like you don't really need that from even the people who make the projects anymore. You can go on YouTube and watch an hour long documentary about the history of the Super Mario Brothers movie. And it's a better documentary <laughs> than has ever come out from the actual studio that made it. I think it depends on like who's putting the movies out. And I think sure. sometimes yeah. the, the, like you like you said, the studios don't really care. Right. But if you have a lot of these um, boutique DVD companies now right. like Shout Factory mm -hmm. and, um, and Criterion and obviously. Criterion and right. uh, Arrow and all these other smaller companies where they're really investing their time in the special features I know. and they're reaching out to the filmmakers and the cast and all that so they're lovingly crafted so yeah. for people like us they're maybe a little more obsessive those things are worth getting exactly as opposed to like I don't know something like uh, even the Marvel movies where they're 20 they're, minutes long, where their extra features maybe feel like perfunctory yes, and like, exactly. Oh, this is inessential and, and not illuminating in any way. Whatsoever. I know. I know. And they, you know, which one has, you know, who has a, dead, a great one is Deadpool because Deadpool was like, you know, kind of like a, a passion of like, you know, it was a pr passion project for Ryan Reynolds and a bunch of people behind the scenes. So on the Deadpool Blu-ray, there's an hour and a half documentary about the, how they got it made, which is really, really cool. I love that stuff. Um, Last Jedi has a, an amazing, really, a making of documentary. On, I believe on, that, and it's like it's like a feature length film. Yeah, it, and, I, th I think it even might, with the care with which it was made. I think it. I think it might be on Disney Plus. I think they released a bunch yeah, of Star it's Wars. Yeah, called the director and the Jedi. Yeah, so, yeah. I'll have to look it up. That's I think cool. that's because Ryan Johnson is invested in in that type of stuff because like yeah. he's released commentary tracks. Uh, online for when his movies are still in the theater. Wow. So you could go back and watch um, Looper. He did for Looper, Last Jedi, and now um, Knives Out. Would you guys, do you guys love Knives Out? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good. All right, so good. much fun. Yeah. And and there's another making of documentary on the Knives Out. Yes. DVD that's coming out soon. I would stuff. love so, to watch that. And like, you know, that's like, I'll, I'll buy that. Definitely. Right. You know, I'm not going to buy like, the last Godzilla, probably because I know it's going to pop up in lots of streaming things yes, and, right. and the extra features are probably going to be, again, like kind of superfluous. I agree. I agree completely. It's kind of a bum out, too, because I, I used to love that stuff. I mean, there was a time when that was a that was a better way to communicate with fans. Like, I remember there was the Clerks X DVD release, which was oh, probably yeah. 2004. And there's so much stuff on that that I think now would be available on YouTube or maybe kind of some other way. But back then it was like they needed, you know, whatever it was, a two disc release with a, an hour and a half long documentary on it. But now it's not common to really care that much, you know? Yeah, you're not hearing any like cheesy voiceover being like packed with eight hours of extra features. I know, I know, I know. But I, that's another great thing about Criterion streaming channels, all the, their yeah. extra features on there too. I know. So you could go in and like we watched a uh, police story for one of our episodes yeah. and like, all these extra features with Jackie Chan were there and there was commentary tracks and yeah. all these 
Um, Edgar Wright talking for 20 minutes about why he loves Jackie. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's that's amazing. Great. All on their streaming channel. So that's, that's like, really and, cool. And, and what's great about that too is like, there's a lot of, it's all curated. It's not like Netflix. Right. It's not algorithm based. So there's people that are saying, I think people will like this and yeah. they'll put it together with a video introduction of why they think people will like this specific. That's really cool. Um, you know, their, their, their catalog of stuff that they're, they've chosen for, for, you know, that month or whatever. Right, right. That's, that's really, really cool. That's really interesting. I would like to find out more about Jackie Chan movies. Cause that's one of the things that like when I was in eighth grade, we watched probably first strike and it's just like, that's cool. But like, you don't really have that much of even an interest in behind the scenes at that point in time. Or like, why is this getting bigger? Are these all kind of unofficial sequels to each other? Which is what I yeah. kind of that, expect. That's police story four. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah. First it strike is. is. So what they would do yeah. is they'd, Film right. them and then they kind of just release them under different names, right? Well, he's like a Over sort here, of yeah. He's yeah. sort of like a generic cop character. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I think his movies, especially like a lot of the older ones, are just they're amazing and yeah. I, they're so worth seeking out. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I've watched a bunch of them, but probably when I was a kid. But when you watch the extra stuff for his movies too, like it shows a lot of how they staged the stunts. Yeah, and there's one in, in Police Story where it, there's footage of him pacing beforehand doing this like leap where he kind of slides down this pole uh was how many f floors was it it was like five yeah it was like five yeah four or five stories i think yeah. and he's like you know there he's like oh i i pace for a good three hours getting the courage and we're yeah. like oh we're losing light you got to do this yeah and it shows him up there and he's with like <laughs> someone a crew member and he's just kind of like you know got that look on his face yes, and then yes. so it's great it's just, that's awesome that's really, really fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I want to check out your episode about Jackie Chan, too. That'll be good. Um, uh, I've, we were talking about documentaries and, and true crime. Did you guys watch American Vandal on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's a it's a satire of kind of the true crime genre, yes. uh, but played as serious as possible. Yeah. And it's who about, did the dicks? Yeah. yeah. Who, who drew the I know, dicks? I want to watch did you it. see it? I haven't. I uh, want to watch it so bad. You should watch it. Yeah. It's like, really fun. I heard, I heard that it's excellent. Both it's seasons really are great. Yeah. Uh, you know, se season one is, yeah. you know, A plus. Season two is a solid A. Mm. Um, so it's it's good stuff. Yeah. And and again, if you like the idea, uh, you know, this is scripted procedural, but it it's it fits in the genre to the point where yeah. at, at one point during season one, knowing full well that it's scripted, I was like, yeah, but is it scripted? <laughs> like, and you know, I'm I'm a reasonably intelligent adult, and right. so for it to create that level of uh, of doubt in my brain, even you know, small small level of doubt as it was, yes, like they're doing a good job. That's great. That's really cool. And That's of really course, cool the main character. Peter Maldonado, who is a friend, uh, is is the, the same name as a friend of ours. That's so. true. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. Peter Maldonado. Yep. All right. So McMillions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I say, uh, yeah. you know, I'm I'm excited. I'm bummed out that season that episode three is going to take a dark turn, but uh, I I love the series. I think it's cool. I'm um, just I it personally offends me because I was working at McDonald's at the time of the whole sting. And you never got to think the, that I was cheating ticket. my customers. <laughs> I was eating McDonald's at the time and to think that I was cheated. <laughs> I know. You know what the real McDonald's? crime is? That the McRib is not a full time. Ooh. I only had one McRib in my life. Really? I thought it was fine. Mm. Even I've had a McRib and I'm a vegetarian. Really? For 20 years. Is a McRib vegetarian? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what no, they no, put in it. No. If you, you know what? It's if, old. If someone came to me and said, you know what? There's not real meat in the McRib. I'd you be like, like, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Makes I'd sense. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no real meat in any of McDonald's <laughs> yeah, food. Yeah, exactly. It's mostly cardboard. Um, that's funny. I, I, I think I'd one McRib. All right. They're going to do a vegetarian McRib? I bet they will, right? 
Why wouldn't the, they? The impossible. It's not a rib. Well, what the hell is it? it I mean, it's the it's impossible. Rib meat and it's, it's it? pressed into vaguely like rib-shaped form. I don't like smothered that. Smothered in barbecue sauce. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, they essentially took real, quote unquote, real meat and turned it into this Play-Doh-like substance, and then yes. squeezed it into a compress to have it. Yeah, to make to, it look to like, make it look uh, vaguely when you like a small <laughs> rack of ribs. <laughs> so <laughs> when you go to bite that sandwich, you're like, "Ooh, there's a bone in it." I, no, no, no bone. Not, yeah. yeah, it's just a trick. Yes. Tony, when you worked there, like, what was? Did you eat a lot of the food? Yeah. And what did you eat? Like, what was your go-to McDonald's? My like? go-to, I think the 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 meal I had the most was a double quarter pounder with cheese, large fry, large milkshake, ten piece chicken McNugget. Wow, that's a lot of I probably, stuff. I think there were summers where I ate that five days a week. Oh, did you did you gain weight? And that does no, I didn't because it turns out I had celiac disease. Oh and I was yeah, flushing it all right out. Ah. Ah. And that's celiac not counting like various you know um, <laughs> you know snack fries and McNuggets. Right. And uh, my favorite thing though is at the end of the night when like burgers are just kind of sitting out in that little heating tray for so long that everything. Just kind of congealed into a slightly more than room temperature wad of meat stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'll say this. I mean, McDonald's Brad looks disgusted. No, I, I, he I, loves I, I had I had some pretty lousy McDonald's hamburgers last Friday. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I hate it, that you get hamburgers to, instead of cheeseburgers to the point it's where so I, I was like, oh, I feel like one person salted them and then walked away, and somebody else came by and they were like, ah, oh, nobody salted these hamburgers, and they salted them. <laughs> And then they walked away and a third person walked up and salted them. Uh, but yeah, my, my pre-improv meal is uh, is two hamburgers, only ketchup. I will say... Almost every week. I'll say... Uh, it's funny. Wow. I will say in McDonald's defense... No, not really. But um, your meal was ridiculous in terms of quantity. But I will say like a Big Mac at McDonald's is like half as many calories as like the big Wendy's burger. Whatever you know what I mean? It's weird. McDonald's is surprisingly smaller than I think people realize. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's part of it. Um, My my go to McDonald's thing ever since I was a little kid that I love is a double cheeseburger with only cheese on it. Like so, no, like you know, whatever ketchup, pickles, mustard, and I still love that. I don't get it very much. Patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese. I mean, the Big Mac is delicious. I feel like basically when you go to McDonald's now, like as just an adult in 2020, you basically have to go to confession afterwards. So I don't go to McDonald's uh, very often, but when I do, it's a double cheeseburger, man. Oh, so man. Good. I mean, McNuggets. aside from like, come on, oh, Mc, yeah. or a McGriddle or both. Aside from maybe like a McFlurry every yeah. few years, <laughs> I think the last time I had McDonald's was like night, maybe 2000. Do you like the French fries? I mean, I'll have like, I mean, we don't, I don't eat meat, so there's no excuse and no one I know really goes. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. My okay. wife doesn't really go to McDonald's. Yeah. So like. I got to say, I love those French yeah. fries. I, I'm, I'm not, sure it's wonderful, but yeah. I, I don't, yeah, there's no terrible. context for it. Yeah, so, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. How about these new meatless burgers? What do you think? Who's doing them? It's the uh, Impossible Bur- Burger? It's Burger King. King. Burger King's doing it. It's I haven't a, had the Burger King one. Someone else is doing one. it too. I Dunkin' Donuts is doing oh, an impossible sausage yes, for their yes, breakfast sandwich, yeah, which yeah. I've had. And I don't it's... like the sound of impossible sausage. <laughs> Every sausage is possible. I tried it, and it's. I tried it, and it's whatever. I yeah, haven't tried yeah. the. I haven't tried the the Whopper Burger King yeah, one. I've yeah. had the Impossible Burger. Right. I like when I got it the first time. They were like, "How do you want it cooked?" And I was just like. 
come again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you have to like specify because you can get it raw. Right, or, right. I mean, not raw, but yeah, rare, rare or, or, or that Dunkin you can Donuts? get it raw. No, no, no. That's the Burger like, King if you one. Just, no, uh, not even the Burger King. Like in because they're selling oh, like it in, in like restaurants. restaurants. Right. I, see, oh, okay. I see. It's like a brand that's like at Plant City now. in yeah. Providence. Yeah. I was going to say right. I, 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 I don't know if they have Impossible Burger. They might have the Beyond place to be like, how would you like your meat? No, no, no. Just like getting ordering the Impossible Burger, but and in in. My preference is never to ne- never to have that that thing that's like replicates it. I, was gonna, I like I was it being say, its own thing. As, you as, know, a, as fine, a vegetarian, you know? how do you feel about that kind of stuff? I don't really care. Like, yeah, if you know, right. if people are not eating meat because of dietary reasons and they miss it, then that's cool. But I don't, right. I don't miss eating meat, so right. I'm not gonna turn down like a veggie chicken nugget or every once right, in a while right, or something right. like that, only because whatever. But right, right, it's not right. like something like. Typically, I'm going to gravitate towards yeah, that's what I would, other kind I would, of meals. I would imagine that basically real vegetarians don't really eat that stuff. It's kind of people being like, oh, I'll try this thing. You know what I mean? It's mostly that. I mean, it's in be. an airport, the impossible sausage, egg, and cheese was fine. I was just yeah. like, okay, this works for getting yeah, on a guess, plane at six in the morning. Yeah, I guess that's kind of a reason, too, is that like it's just expanding the menus of these places that are there for convenience. That's yeah. another part of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Eh, makes sense. Um but yeah, so, you know, we've talked about McMillions and uh, Spiral. So the last thing we want to talk about was Parasite. Yes. Um, and we'll do this as a short primer uh, going into this. So what's the director's name of Parasite? Bang Joon-ho. Right. He did uh, Snowpiercer and what else? Okja. Okja. Oh, I didn't see that. The Host. Oh, The Host. That's what it was. Uh, Memories of Murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barking Dogs Never Bite. Mm. And Mother. Wow. Oh, Mother. That's another big one. So basically, yeah. the you know the big deal. That well, the, there's been different mothers. Yeah, so oh, is there a different one? Than the one this one is this is a south. This was South Korean. Did, oh, they remade yeah. it. Did, did no, no, no. This it's, is it's just different. Completely. A different yeah. thing. Yeah, it's a parallel movie. It's it's very Aronofsky. Aronofsky. <laughs> very different. Yeah, Aronofsky did, did the, mother. The, the, the yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, which mother. is right. his Bong Joon Ho's mother is about a mother who's has a son that has like a developmental disability and mm-hmm. accidentally murders somebody, oh, and boy. it's about her trying to. Do whatever she can to help her son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. All right. of his movies are good. He right. does not have a bad movie. My least favorite is probably Okja, and even that's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Parasite is his latest, most recent movie. Yeah, and the big deal with Parasite is that it won the Academy Award uh, for Best Picture of the Year, and you know it made history because it's the first foreign film to ever achieve that. So. Yeah, when I saw that happen, and when I I had already had heard so much about Parasite, I was like, man, we should really watch it and talk about right. it. Um, and you guys were coming on, and I was like, oh, this would be a, this would be a smart thing to do. We were talking the other day and Facebook, um, so we're gonna talk about that. And I just wanted to, you know, I'll, I'll say this: uh, I watched Snowpiercer kind of just because the next day after I watched Parasite, I was like, oh, you know what? Let's watch Snowpiercer because I I have I'd heard things about it. Here and there, and I just realized that it was the same director. So I, I didn't. Oh, even so know, you didn't? Okay. I didn't know it was connected until until I watched Parasite and looked back at his filmography. So I watched Snowpiercer on Sunday. Um, I really like Snowpiercer. I thought it was cool. I That's thought it was great. really, really like yeah. a fun. I don't know. It's it's. I wouldn't even say action movie. It's almost like a fun. Uh, cinematic project. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost deconstructive of a lot of these action movie tropes. Yes. It's like Parasite in a way too, where it is an, it, it's an action satire. Right. Whereas Parasite is, is sort of like an, a, a thriller satire. Sure. It's kind of like Hitchcock in the vein of Hitchcock, but it also is like a sash, satire of 
social conventions and and, sure. and capitalism. Yeah, and I also think that there there is something to be said of just like the idea of like let's present something that's different. So it's almost this is almost like a bottle episode of a television show, but with like ten bottles. That's really, that's kind of how I think about uh, Snowpiercer. Oh, gotcha. Yes, you know what I mean. Was oh, because it, it's like the different compartments. Yeah, and, yeah. and they're going to do a television show, right? A or Snowpiercer. Yeah. I thought yeah. so. Yeah. Wow. How and is that a Parasite. Work? Yeah. Wow, that's it, a weird one. Apparently, HBO uh, approached Bong Joon Ho, and and so he's wow in development. In my for mind, it. Mark Ruffalo is associated with one of them. Maybe. But I don't know which wow. Yeah, I think um, Parasite. Yeah. yeah. I. I all right, wow, so that's crazy. My feelings on Snowpiercer. Do you watch Snowpiercer? I. Uh, you know, months ago. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was the same director. Right. You know how sometimes things are mismarketed in your own brain? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, for example, if, if, if somebody one time tells you like, oh, Empire Records is like, uh, you know, a moving, sentimental, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, this was just like a fun 90s comedy. Yes. You're going to feel... Disappointed? Uh, yeah, maybe disappointed, maybe cheated. Not because it isn't good or enjoyable, but because it doesn't match up to what you thought it would be in your own mind. Yeah, right. Uh, and, it, and it's based on, you know, so maybe if if we go see Spiral and Chuck's like, this was great. And I'm like, well, it wasn't a parallel universe movie. So yeah. I didn't like this. <laughs> so when I saw Snowpiercer, the idea I had in my mind of what it would be was kind of a, a schlocky, that's like, not great movie. That, you know what it is? I know what it is. A big, oh, not, not exactly, but. Daniel Tosh on Tosh.0, he has like some running jokes and one of them is like his feud with Arn Anderson, different right. things. One of them was Snowpiercer for like a whole season of Tosh.0 about how much he hated Snowpiercer. Right. And he kept making fun of it and it gave that impression that it was like a schlocky right. uh, like action movie, uh, you know, like tongue in cheek uh, kind like of. Like Twitter or so, it's like somebody on Twitter said so, like all these different things combined to yeah. make me expect like a schlocky, yes. like not even a B movie, like a C movie going right. in. Again, I know. no idea of the directorial pedigree and yes. what to expect. Right, right, I'm right, like, right. oh, Chris Evans is in it. Ah. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it was, oh, he had a beard and that's why he couldn't, you know, the, the shawarma scene in Avengers. Like, oh, that's true. Yeah. So uh, all these things. And I went in and I, I didn't like it because it wasn't what I expected it to be. And also because they eat bugs. Uh, which grossed me out. They and, also and, eat babies. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's a big deal to eat bugs. That's, is that's, that weird? Like they, uh, Zako Taco in Providence, you can get crickets. Eat babies. Uh, babies are a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he's just like bugs. No, <laughs> babies. <laughs> I'm sure they're tasty. At least babies is a revelation. Bugs yeah, is yeah. like their everyday meal. Yeah. Babies yeah. they eat on holidays only. Sure. I yes. think. Roast, the <laughs> roast beast. It's the Grinch's. <laughs> the Grinch cars the roast beast. It's babies. <laughs> <laughs> the, the looks off camera. What is it? You just called it a beast. I thought it was like, like a cow or I've a been pig. Saying, I've been saying roast bees, and the bees for baby. Uh, you finally sold me on this Christmas thing. Uh, um, I thought Snowpiercer was really, really cool and really, really fun. And it's it's fun because, to be completely honest, I don't really know that much about this director, and I don't know about a the budget for Snowpiercer. I don't know about who made it or where it was. You know, was it wide release? I don't know. Was it wide release? Uh, it was supposed to be, right? It was right? supposed to be His Weinstein. Uh, famously bungled it. He, so what's he, up with him? That was the best thing I ever saw in my life. What's funny, because in the world where I don't know, why, why would I say that? Why would you ever ask what's up with him? What's up with that guy? He produced some good movies. 
<laughs> um, but there is a great story from Snowpiercer where... Well, I was going to say, if it came out in 2013, though, this is kind of pre all that stuff, isn't it? Yeah, but this is like a classic he, he, Weinstein move where it's like, I'm going to hack this thing He's up. always an oh, asshole. See, he's like, oh, well, you need to make this more accessible for right, right, American right, right. audiences. Right, I can, I can definitely but see that But there was this one scene where... I think it had to do with a fish or something like that. And he's like, you need to cut this. And Bong Joon-ho is just like, look, like, my father was a fisherman. Yeah, yeah. And it's really important to me that I yeah. leave this scene in here. Mm -hmm. And, and Weinstein's just like, yeah, I get it. You can leave it in. Oh, okay. Total full shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you lied to him and yeah, already right. leave the scene and all that stuff. Which is wow. great. It just makes you love Bong Joon-ho even more. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like when I was, you know, I think a history of violence kind of falls into the same kind of project where it's like this self-contained thing. And I honestly don't really love history of violence. I really like Snowpiercer. I don't love history of violence, but it feels like an auteur saying, I want to make this thing. And it's real specific and it's kind of weird. It is based on a comic as well. So there's Snowpiercer? And history of violence. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I, I knew history of violence. Yeah, but right, Snowpiercer yeah, yeah. is based off of a French comic from the, I think the 80s. Interesting. Well, I thought it was great. I think that, you know. You know, I, I, I kind of talk about this often and it's, you know, it's, it's, I'm sure it's boring for listeners, but I just feel like in the 80s and 90s, there are movies that just felt like they had a little bit more soul because they were, they were able to fall into different genres. And a lot of times now, I think to get a movie made, you kind of have to push it into a specific uh, genre or niche and say, well, this is going to appeal to this person and this is who's going to come to see this. And so it sometimes can affect, you know, the overall product that you get. So you got stuff that was a little bit more... Uh, in between genres before I maybe, but only on a level of like big mass movie. market and things. Cause I think if you just dig a little deeper, right. you're going to find all those things and maybe even better. Cause the eighties is also filled with tons of Friday the 13th. <laughs> and so, I agree with you. And well, well, I think that's what I'm talking about though, because in the eighties you'll get stuff like Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, Gremlins, all that stuff that is the huge movies of the time. And I think that that freedom doesn't exist as much anymore. Yeah, for, 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 the, big, for, for yeah. big stuff. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think... Uh, there's the, still lots of great stuff. Um, though, oh, yeah, of know? course, of but, course. But, I mean, the thing that you're talking about is South Korean cinema in general. Yeah, well, that's so, the thing, yeah. In addition to Bang Joon-ho, you have mm -hmm. Park Chan-wook, who's also released Old Boy, which I'm sure you've heard of Old Boy. I've seen Old Boy, I love yes. it. Yeah, and he did the Sympathy for Mr. trilogy. Vengeance. So Sympathy yeah. for Mr. Vengeance and mm -hmm. Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Mm -hmm. uh, he also did... Um, I'm not in love with the vengeance genre. Yeah, I, I mean, it depends on what it does. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like a lot of... I, like old, I think it's kind of been overdone a lot recently. I but, think you Old know, Boy is great. Old Boy is great. Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance is probably better. Better than Old Boy, huh? I think so. Interesting. Um, How many hammer fights are in that one? <laughs> there are no hammer joke. fights. It's a very, very different movie. Very, very different How many movie. hammer fights? <laughs> um, but he also... His other movies are pretty great. Handmaiden is really great. But yeah. The one commonality with a lot of the South Korean mm -hmm. cinema is um, they play with tone a lot more. And yeah. like this is this thing that gets talked a lot about with critics now is just like, oh, well, they're not balancing tone. Like, But when you watch Parasite or even Snowpiercer, it, it veers widely from right. broad, almost shticky kind of humor to really yeah. dark, yeah. macabre things. And yeah. and it works. I think so, too. And, yeah, and, yeah. and, and um even like a lot of Bong Joon-ho's earlier movies, like the comedy in The Host is just, it's pretty wacky. Yeah, yeah. But then, I you know, it's, about the host. it's making it. so, social commentaries. Uh, right. So like, and I think that, you know, that those movies that are, can can be many things sometimes sure. are, are, 
uh, kind of like what you were saying about genre stuff is, is kind of exciting. Me you too. Know? That's what I think too, because the movie feels yeah. more like it's playing with your expectations when you yeah. see it. But I mean, you don't I, feel like you know what's going to happen after the first 10 minutes of the movie. But a lot of that exists in international cinema. I'm so sure. in, in Bong Joon Ho sure. and all these press things, uh, all the lead up to the Oscars and whatnot, yeah, yeah. and the, he's on in these press circuits for the movie. He's just like, well, you know, there's only a three inch barrier there for, for reading subtitles, you know, but a lot of people wow. are just like instantly are just like, well, subtitles, I'm not going to watch that. I know. So, I know. Um, but like there's lots of big budget sci-fi fantasy movies coming from China and mm. Japan and, and yeah. South Korea and India. Uh, and even the French have lots of crazy horror movies sure. and action movies. And mm -hmm. what was that one that was on Netflix last year? It was like the third highest grossing movie of 2018. Oh, Wandering but, Earth. Yeah, it was yeah. a Chinese movie. Oh, interesting. No yeah. one here had heard of. And they just yeah. put it on Netflix. But yeah. wow. everywhere else. It was, it was like know. this. I think it, globally, it's now like the sixth highest grossing movie of wow. 2019. Wow, so that's cool. Big budget sci-fi kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but you know, and, and over here too, big budget stuff is now catering for for Eastern markets where they're changing things I in know. order for to make more money. Right. But like, like something like Birds of Prey came out last weekend, and they're like, oh well, this this is a failure. But it's just like, well, it, it already made its budget back overseas. Yeah. That I doesn't know. include what it made here. I know. I was saw, same I, thing with Alita: Battle Angel, where it made plenty of money overseas, mm -hmm. uh, or even Pacific Rim, which got a sequel because it made so much money overseas. So. Yep. Uh, it's a weird, weird world. I agree. I agree. I mean, I think that those those big big budget ones like Birds of Prey, they're victims of expectation, which sucks. It's really strange where it's like, yeah, it made enough money if it was a normal movie, but it's a superhero movie, so it should have made thirty yeah. percent more. Our expectations were this, therefore, it's yeah, not. It's, it's, it's a, a failure. It's, it's like, well, you're gonna make your money back. Yeah, right. it's, it's weird because by 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 logic, they're wrong. It's by hypothetical yeah. expectations that they're well, measuring. I mean, it. we're living in a world where Solo is considered a bomb, right? Yeah, because it didn't make hundreds of millions exactly. of dollars Even more Rise than of hundreds Skywalker. of millions of dollars. Made. Even Rise of Skywalker is considered a disappointment. It didn't make as much as Rogue One. Amazing Spider-Man Two made almost three times its budget just in theaters before home digital, and it was considered enough of a failure to stop the series yeah. with Andrew Garfield. That's very strange. Well, it it's, is. It's I agree. bad, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that could be another reason, but. I like Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, no. I mean, all right, I'll give you Electro is a little bit weird, but the the, the death of Gwen Stacy scene is one of my favorite scenes in any of the Spider-Man movies. But I don't think they earned it. Oh, come on. I think they earned it. No, I don't think so. I saw, I saw Super Bad. No. <laughs> I, was, I was led to believe we were going to be discussing Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> I think they did earn it because I think Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield, because they were dating in real life, I believe their chemistry so and much. Good chemistry, um, but that scene just didn't. It just felt so contrived because it had it forced them to be to separate again, and and it went down that arc of like, oh, Peter's being a dick again. It's like we've seen this, and I think it would have like if we had seen it in Raimi's first Spider-Man because it recreates the mm -hmm, scene mm -hmm. from the comic. Yes, then. I wouldn't have wanted that for that first movie, but I would have felt like, oh, you kind of earned this at this point. Interesting. But I don't think it works. I think because everything else around it is so bad. But anyway, let's get to Parasite because <laughs> if we get into Spider-Man, we'll be here for another. It's got, it's got an amazing Spider-Man. I, I love a I love a third act Green Goblin appearance. <laughs> and he <laughs> looks so bad. Uh, when when the Green monkey. Goblin showed up <laughs> really in is. Parasite. <laughs> Super surprising, um, I but thought, re rewarding. I knew nothing about Parasite going in, and I kind of I, wanted I, it that way. Yes, um, I I That's knew the that best it won. Way to see it, yeah, I knew that it won, and I was like, I don't know what this is. 
I kind of get the idea that there's a little bit of a scary element or a horror element, but I really don't know. And so we watched it. We it was uh, so my girlfriend's birthday is on February 12th, and Valentine's Day is obviously the 14th. So we stayed in Newport last weekend, and after one of the nights we went out for dinner, we went to the hotel. And we watched Parasite, and uh, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was super super fun. I thought it was really, um, yeah, it really played with expectations. I mean, not only. Not only the expect, you know, obviously, spoiler alert for Parasite, by the way, for anyone listening. Um, not only the expectation where it's like there really isn't that much of like a a thriller or horror element until, you know, 75% of the way till the movie, through the movie. And even that kind of changes and fluctuates a lot. Um, but even just the storytelling, it feels so light for so long. Right? Yeah, I mean, it plays like a like a class farce until they discover the secret bunker that that guy's been living in. Yes, exactly. I thought I thought I thought it was really interesting because like I feel like this movie is a lot less defined in terms of the roles than like something like Snowpiercer, where it's clearly about this class war, and Parasite kind of is about a class war too, but it really doesn't paint anyone as completely sympathetic or completely villainous. They're all victims of a system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the wealthy people in it are not like they say that the the mother of the wealthy family, you know, she's incredibly naive, but yeah, she's, she's really kind. Yeah, exactly. And she is part of this system. And she yeah. didn't, you know, like she didn't necessarily, I mean, I guess she chose it in, in some ways, but, it, you know, they make you sympathize with her in a lot of yeah. ways. You I know? Th- I and she's, she wants what's best for her children, but at the same time, she's ignoring reality. I, I think even even in uh, even in like if you took every character that's in that rich family and you're like, well, what's the worst thing that they did? It's really hard to pinpoint something, right. you know. Um, and I, well, it's about maybe categorizing a whole, you know, poor people as as having a distinct smell. Well, uh, yes, and that's yeah. clearly like he says radishes. He says radishes. Sure, but. Uh, they can't pinpoint it, and and there's that scene where they're, where the um the poor family is underneath the the kind of coffee table kind yes, of thing, yes, hiding yes. out, and he smells it, and he smells it, and 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 the the father of the poor family kind of smells himself, and he's just kind of like taken aback. He's like, oh, and I think throughout the whole movie they do a great job of saying, you know, showing this poor family saying like, you know, we're not doing anything wrong. We're going back to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that we're we're not far from what these people could we could be this. Yes. But that smell, he can't change because he can't smell it. He yeah, doesn't yeah. know. Yeah, right. And I right, think right. that's why th- that's it become ends up becoming a trigger for him because he Yes, right. It's just like one of those things where you're just like, Well, I I I don't know what this smell is. Yeah, and you're yeah. judging me for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, you okay. know, they they have the scene uh where the the rich little boy smells oh oh you smell like this but you know they smells the mom who's the maid and smells the dad who's the driver and says you smell like you know my art tutor uh and again they're all from the same family and and they look at it as we need to change our soap our shampoo and our detergent oh, yeah, yeah but if the smell you know real is intrinsic over, you know it's 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 related to diets and you know the apartment they're sharing and yeah sure 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 um, the basement well, that's the yeah, basement yeah, kind of it, as part yeah, of and, it. and, and environmental basement. environmental yeah. smell yeah uh, and it's become sub olfactory to them like yeah yeah peoria yeah. illinois where i went to college has a distinct aroma yeah because there is a, a like department of agriculture like yeast testing facility so mm. if you get off of i-74 and you roll down your window it smells yeah yeasty oh boy 
joy. And you notice it for a short period of time, and yeah. then that's just life. Yeah, that's that's it. It. I mean, it. that first scene has the, the family looking up from their table to find a drunk like who has so little us. regard for where they live that he's just gonna, like he's going to piss on their home. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really liked it a lot, and I was—I really didn't know what to go to expect going in. I thought it was great. I thought it was really, really fun. Yeah, from the poster, I—you know—I I think it's somebody's eyes are blacked out, and I'm like, oh, it's—it's it's a movie about like, oh, he has to uh, hide his identity somehow, and that's what it's. So I—I I knew nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, and I and, think the trailer has the scene where. Um, they're talking about the little boy's nightmare, yep. or like when he saw the ghost. Yep. Yeah. It was just the guy, and it's that great creepy shot of him like poking his head up out of the darkness. Yeah. That was in the trailer with no context. So right. like, yeah. my wife's like, "I'm out." Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's no a ghost interest. Movie. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Now I really, really liked it a lot, and I was surprised by it. And I was really after watching, it, I was really surprised that they chose it to win Best Picture. I couldn't believe it. What's shocking about its win, aside from the fact that it is the first international movie to win, yeah. Uh, the best picture is that not only is it great, yeah, uh, it's really weird. Yeah, it's really weird. And that's weird. kind of doesn't t- typically happen with exactly. best picture stuff. Exactly. And, you know, Moonlight won a few years ago and it's a wonderful movie. Mm-hmm. And then they respond in kind by giving it to Green Book last year. You're right, right. So I think people's expectations are like, oh, well, it's going to go to to fucking 1917 or yeah. Joker or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't think it was going to go to, I thought it was going to 1917. Yeah. I didn't think Joker had a chance. Good. <laughs> I, uh, I, don't get me wrong. I liked Joker. I just didn't think the Academy would, would have gone would, there. Would I never would yeah. think yeah. they'd go there either. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I, yeah. I really, really liked it a lot. I thought it was great. But in, in it's funny too, because in interviews, he's also Bong Joon-ho has called it. Well, that's just a local uh, award ceremony. <laughs> and it's true because it's just like we're all talking about it in the context of like oh this is big this is important it's just like it is to us people out in the west yeah you know? yeah right, other people right. are just like yeah this is a great movie that's played everywhere did it also win at, at Cannes yeah it yeah. won the Palme d'Or in Cannes which that I don't think has ever happened where it's the the winner of Cannes also has won the best picture so. wow that's cool yeah. I'll, I'll say you know I enjoyed the movie and then I think yesterday or the day before uh, Neil Brennan the comedian former writer for the Chappelle show yeah said hey uh in the movie Parasite, who is the parasite? And yeah, uh, I saw this too. And, and then explain the third act to me in light of that information. And I'm like, well, aren't the poor people? And then I was like, who am I supposed to cheer for in this movie? Like, I think that that's part the, of it, though. Yeah, that's the, the point. The, and I think yeah. he misses yeah. the boat completely yeah. by saying that and kind of tells on himself a bit about how much of an idiot he might be. Well, I mean, you know. I mean, if you're, you're going mis- to go on and say, like, <laughs> what's, what's, the, <laughs> what's the third act of this? Well, because I saw a lot of his responses, and one of his responses just like, if you understand metaphor and storytelling better than me, then yeah, it's yeah. like, come on, dude, like, yeah. get down off your high horse. On the flip side, what has been reassuring <laughs> uh, in the immediate aftermath of it winning is a, a lot of critics that I follow on Twitter are like, if you are excited to watch Parasite now that it won or you saw it already, here are a bunch of other great South Korean yeah. movies you should yeah. check off your list. So like. I'll, I'll, I'll say I, I added Wandering Earth. Wander, yeah, the Wandering Earth. I added that to my watch list. There you so, go. That's Chinese. Chinese right. But, yeah. you know, but still, it's, it's a movie still. I wouldn't have heard of if if we didn't have this conversation. Yeah, so. yeah right, right, right. Yeah, so yeah. it's cool. I mean, hopefully it, it'd be great if suddenly, like, within the next six months, a bunch of people are very excited and knowledgeable about movies that uh, come from somewhere else. Because it's rare that, you know, I feel like every year there are one or two bigger foreign films that kind of break a little bit, but yeah. um, this seems to be 
something else. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And I will say in response to the Neil Brennan thing, um, when I, you know, in this, I, I basically was like, I feel like the movie is asking the question of who's the parasite. Okay. That's that's what I thought. Right. But then I read something that was like the parasite of the move of this movie is hope because of that final sequence of kind of tricking you into believing that he actually made enough money to buy the house and free his dad. That's interesting. And I was like, I like that a lot too. You know what I mean? I mean, they they the whole first half they're just like, oh. You know, we're not criminals. Because even when she's doing the forgery, she's like, he's like, you could be a good criminal. He's like, yeah. Well, she's being a criminal. Yeah. And then they're just like, oh, well, I'm just going to use this money to go to school. Yeah. And I'm going to use this money for right. this. So like they're doing awful things and you're rooting for them the whole time. Yeah. So I do think that's certainly yeah. an aspect of it. Yeah. But it's funny because some of the one of the few criticisms I've I've seen for this movie is that, oh, well, yeah the metaphor is a bit on the nose, but like, then you hear these, com- like all yeah. these different competing yeah, things yeah, and yeah, ideas right. that are circling around you. Like, well, number one, art can be didactic and right. that's not always a problem. And right. it can be heavy handed and right. that's not always a problem, but right. clearly there's a lot of conversation going around this movie. And, yeah. And I agree. I think that. that's a good thing. I agree with that. I, I Do you like the movie Prometheus? Uh, I have a very complex relationship. Yeah, me too. I've kind of got. That's how I feel. I've kind of stubbornly come to enjoy it over me too. time. That's because when I first watched it, I was just like, "No, this doesn't work at all." Well, this is why I wanted to bring it up because I walked out of the theater and I was like, "Man, I'm like, I really think that they missed the mark with this. What is this supposed to be? What is this? What is the role of this movie I in the history? Why would they dropped a piece of chocolate on my shirt during the movie and it melted in? So, <laughs> movie's ruined for me. And I and I was kind of like that, but then I thought about it for like a week and I'm like, I'm still asking questions about this idea and these things that they brought in and the idea that you know uh taking the pop culture icon of the xenomorph and saying it was basically like a plague that was released by these other people and and i was like you know what if i'm thinking about this this much then it's probably good you know what i mean it's probably it probably has its place yeah i mean when i left birds of prey it was, it was like oh that's fun but disposable but then the more i thought about it, I'm like i think i really like this i know and you know? I, th- I think if something that's, makes you think about it that much yeah. it's like it's hard to say that i mean it's not I worth it thought way too much about matrix reloaded <laughs> so that's I remember that. yeah. there's some there's some deep ideas i'm obsessed it. with that yeah. movie. i gotta see yeah. I, I only i don't remember i had to write my final i graduated from rick with a degree in film history and my final paper had to be the Metzian segmentation of the first Matrix movie, which is like you're essentially taking every single shot of the movie and saying this shot falls into this uh, segment of the Metzian segmentation that, that says that every shot can be classified, essentially. And it's really hard to do that with every shot of a movie because that's a lot. And so I did it and uh, I got really, really familiar with the Matrix because of that. Um, so I really fell in love with The Matrix, which which I already thought was good, and now I think is like an amazing movie. Um, and I think I I watched the sequels like back when they came out in theaters and kind of wrote them off. And I have never watched it ever since I graduated again. And that was probably ten years ago. I graduated more than that. I hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> this is twice you've been like oh, you put your finger up like Einstein and then coughed off mic. <laughs> <laughs> Let us remember the sick in this yeah. time. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's I hadn't metaphor. seen either of the Matrix sequels since they were in theaters either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then shortly after Matt and I started hanging out, he's like, you know, I know this is a controversial yeah, take, but I'll, I'll defend the two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. He has opinions that I trust. And I went and rewatched them both. And I was convinced that it was like a long con. 
<laughs> you never told me this. Oh yeah, I was like that <laughs> motherfucker, dude. There are no modern action movies that are do anything remotely as cool as the second Matrix movie. Fast no, Five. That, when, when, <laughs> no, I like Fast Five. Safe Chase. One I, lo- of the best I like action. that, and that's the best of Wait, the Fast I, I'm, movies. I'm, I'm sorry, so but too. like the choreography. <laughs> I think it's hilarious and the that we agree on that. to Matrix Reloaded <laughs> are so so great. The highway fight scene is that in two that's or amazing. three? Is, yeah. is it in two yeah. or three? I, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Two. Yeah. All like those that. scenes are so great, yeah, and the, sure. the thought behind the direction and the yeah. approach, and it's weird and stupid and silly, I and, I, and I like all of that. I gotta watch them again. I don't. I like. I the first one is by far the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's by far, but like. What I look for in 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 any movie or any art is that this is personality. Yeah. And so if you give me this weird, messy thing that is clearly who the Wachowskis are, then I'm yeah. gonna love that. Yeah. That's so great. I agree. And I also love how it subverts the um, hero's journey trope, because like the first movie is like, oh, this is another hero's journey right. journey story, and the second one's like, no, it's not actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not at all. The only thing that separates this is that he chooses to save her. Interesting. Because the Matrix designed him to be the hero's journey. Right, right, that right. It's not an actuality. It keeps happening. Right, right, um, right. So, and I think that's a great idea. Yeah. The fact that it tied in with Speed Racer. Woo, doggy. I got I to gotta watch him. Again. I haven't watched him in a long time. Yes. Oh, man. But By yeah. Way, I, sorry, as, as I was watching uh, Parasite. Yes. Uh, there's a song by the band Propagandi, mm. and it has lyrics. I have heard uh, that name in a while. Right. It's... Yeah. it's uh, what is class war? Is this class war? This is class war. And that's all I kept, like the, that specific refrain just kept coming into my mind. And it's like, oh, all right. So are these rich people, like, are they a parasite on society or the poor? Like, and, uh, and I just, I'm like, it, like, obviously this is more representative of class in South Korea than it is in in America. Yeah. But we do have, you know, the, the, the 1% and, and kind of the idea of, a lot of the population existing to serve a small amount of the population in right. kind of the same way. And so I, you know, I imagine the American uh, version will be, a, you know, a little, a, you know, Americanized and, and maybe a little more heavy handed on hmm. the, the metaphor that, that works. Well, he said in interviews, he's, Oh, I made this to represent South Korea. Yeah. Uh, and, yes, yeah, and he's like, everywhere I've taken the movie, they've said like, oh, this is, is like our country. So yeah. this oh, is like yeah, a yeah, problem yeah. everywhere. That's yeah. cool. That's really cool. It's going to be like The Office. Every, yeah. every country's going to get its own remake. Well, there you <laughs> go. It's going to be like Impractical Jokers because they <laughs> licensed uh, their concept out to other countries. That's right. Yeah. It yeah. didn't really work though. Yeah, it's, it, it works because of the guys, yeah. you know, so it didn't work. But um, yeah, man, that was great. I'm glad you guys came on. Yeah, thank this you is so a long much. time coming. I think, I think we had a fun spirited discussion. I like when conversations can jump to stupid places and then jump back and it makes sense. And that's what I think this conversation was. I like that know? when you guys started talking about Amazing Spider-Man 2, Tony and I were like, oh no. Yeah, yeah. just oh, fucking man. stop. Because were you there the last time these two got into it over Spider-Man? No. We met We met for five minutes yeah. and he was like, I think Venom is the best movie I've ever seen. And I was oh, like, you I've never ever said that. <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> no, what happened was, and I'll get it real quick. I basically said like, I was like, I think that Sony should just uh, do the Spider Verse movies because they're because the first one's incredible, and they should just like let the live action Spider Man be in the Marvel movies. And then we talked about Venom, and I was like, I think Venom is one of those movies that kind of has that mediocre quality to it, mm-hmm. like the previous Sony Spider Man movies. And you, and I, I forgot what it was, but you were like, you thought you thought Venom was better than I did, basically. I think. 
I think it's a bad movie with a great performance. I think so too. Yeah. I honestly, and I think okay, it's, now they're so, on the same page. it's so, it's yeah. so weirdly watchable I, I, because of him. I said, and you can Tom see Hardy this great, you can see this protagonist. strange movie in the margins. Yes. Uh, and then you could also see this studio saying, no, we have to do X, you can, Y, and Z. I, that's like, what I, yeah. what I think is like, it's like he created this new protagonist, which is hard to do when there's fucking 50 of them in these, in these superhero movies. He created this new take on a protagonist. And when you watch it as like a filmmaker, or a person who likes film, you can feel the cuts. You can feel where things were supposed to be longer. The whole intro and, and all the yeah. exposition and yeah, the villain. It's, it's also tedious. Yes. It's very, it's very interesting. But when Venom is just like, yeah, I'm kind of a loser on my home world. You're just like, okay, I get what you're doing yeah. here. I, I mean, I honestly, I, I love he bathes Venom. in like the lobster tank and he starts eating one like raw. I, I, I've loved Venom since like 94. He's one of my yeah. favorite characters. See, I've never liked Venom. I, 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 I love the Maximum Carnage This is going to be another Spider-Man. Sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. That's sorry. I was Let's, just going to say real right. quick. I, we'll just have to do a Spider-Man episode. <laughs> we almost ended on them being new best friends. I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll just say, I'll just say. I love Maximum Carnage, which is a Spider-Man storyline from like the early '90s, yeah. and I really liked Venom since then. Um, and this is the first time I think that I've seen him even remotely taken into another medium where I th- where they did a good job of representing what the what the the thing is. You know what I mean? I've seen him in obviously Spider-Man three and like even the cartoon and stuff like that. And it always seemed like a weird alternate version of the character. I thought it was, which I think is fine. And that's going to happen here and there. And sometimes they can do that and make a really good character out of it. But I just felt like the venom in this movie was great. And Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock was great, but the movie was pretty terrible. It's weird. It's, it's a it's weird strange, movie. Yeah. It's just like, they, but that's they, what we going back to the beginning of this episode. We were talking about how you're, searching for that value in things yeah, and looking for the thing. Cause like you could watch a movie and be like, that didn't work, but this thing in it was awesome. Exactly. Actually we had a talk with someone where I was like, you know, I'd rather watch a movie and say this movie was okay, but this plot thing was great or this storyline was great or this, or the directing in this was great. And this was great and say, well, these people are going to continue with their careers so now this person, we know this person has this skill and they can improve it and be in this thing as opposed to that movie was bad. There's nothing to it. It's like, I, I think there's a, there's a more, it's a more fun way to look at film that these people are making careers and making whole filmographies, which is true. And they're acquiring skills and improving skills as they go. I think it's a, it's a more fun way to look at things like Fast Five with being like, oh, the fucking... The, the safe chase at the end of Fast Five is like, it's one of the best action sequences I've ever seen. And so that's like an element to it that you can point at as like a golden moment. Right. You know, it's fun. But yeah, this is great. I'm glad you guys came out. This is really fun. Really spirited discussion. I like I like it when things just move along. And I, I prefer those sidetracks. If someone's like, oh, you could have done this podcast tonight without those sidetracks, would you prefer that? I'd be like, absolutely not. I think they're funny. And I think they're fun. And I think they add value to the conversation. And I think it's fun to put everything in context with each other. So even if we do bring up Amazing Spider-Man 2 when it talk about Parasite, I think that's because Spider-Man 2 does exist and so does Parasite. You know what I mean? I'm just delighted (laughs) to have somebody somebody else on here who will use the words perfunctory and superfluous. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it feels good. Good. Um, Thank you guys both for joining us tonight. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thanks Uh, for having us. Folks out there, if you have questions, comments, concerns, or otherwise, please send us an email, chuckandbrad at gmail.com or find the email link through chuckandbradpodcast.com. That's right. And listen to... What did we miss? That's correct. Available wherever podcasts are sold. That's right. That's their, that's their tagline. We that can't is, change it. Yeah. <laughs> we are contractually obligated. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Our lawyers yep. are standing outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably explains why Say no so. one listens. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Say so. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's all I've got. That's all I got. Deuces. Deuces.